think today I'm just gonna do a radio voice all day. Well, I'm, fuck this, I'm out. Ladies and gentlemen, do you think you can listen to this for three <laughs> I'm, hours? I am out. If, we're, if that's the way we're doing it, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> fuck you. You're out. First break already started. Yep, yep. rip. <laughs> rip. Podcast over. I should do like a medley of voices for the radio, like radio voices, and see what ones they like. They'll all come back. Like, look, just just your regular voice is fine, buddy. No, no, fuck that. You got to do a funny voice. Just not the radio voice. Best day on the podcast. There we go. There we go. That one. That's the one. That's the one that's going to make you a million dollars right there. All right. Michael, (laughs) welcome to the end of the podcast. The end of the podcast. Derp. Derp. Oh, man. I could try to do super, like, salesman at Walmart guy. Oh, yeah? They would be like, Like, hey, you want to buy some electronics? Hi. Hi. Welcome to the end of time podcast. It's great. You should be like, (laughs) <laughs> Find all your gaming needs right here for just ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine for nine for ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents a minute. <laughs> Plus six cents for each additional minute. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael, and I'm Adam. And today, I'll just get, let's just let the audience take a wild guess what we're doing today. This, Talking about bullshit. This thirteenth episode. <laughs> this is the cursed episode. This yep. is the one. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. That's right. This is Unlucky 13, like Final Fantasy 13. It's going to be the last one before something horrible happens. The 13th happens. Resident Evil movie. Like, man, Jesus this Christ. Is this is bad. The 13th episode of an anime. There were some good 13s. Wasn't Anaki, wasn't he the, Wasn't he Red 13? No, that was pretty good. Yeah, but he's kind of, he's kind of a Scottish, Scottish cat demon. Yeah. I'm saying, like, in the favor of, like, there are good 13 things. Perhaps. I can't think of anything other than that. And yeah. that's only a neutral, really. Is Dragon Warrior up to 13 yet? No, I think they're up to, like, yeah, what, 10? It's getting close. Yeah. Final Fantasy's hit 13. Okay. Hey, did you like Final Fantasy 13? That's, that's what you, I was saying. Did you like Final Fantasy 13? No. Uh-huh. No. No? You could probably find the 13th game in a series that doesn't have numbers. Like, there's a 13th Mega Man game. There's probably there's, a 13th fucking Madden. There's Yeah, there's definitely a 13th Madden. There's probably a 13th uh, Castlevania. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. 13th. There's a 13th something that's not too bad. What about 13 Zeldas? you think there are 13 Zeldas? Yeah close if we aren't there yet we're damn close yeah but i'm pretty sure we are there yeah it was probably skyward sword yeah and it's probably why it was so shit well, that's what <laughs> that would explain a lot says right? the guy who hasn't played it at all so I yeah that's shit. right fuck y'all i'm calling it I'm calling it right now game's garbage because should i start this week garbage. or are you gonna start do you, do you go ahead and start this yeah, week? You've been, been starting every fucking week. That's because I'm the best. No, well, this time is, we're gonna make them. This time we're gonna make them wait. We're gonna. Oh, okay. We can make, make a week's wait. We'll make them wait. Just make them wait. Yep. You got to keep them wanting. They get. They'll listen to your part now. All instead right. Of fast forward. Straight now. to today's topic. Here we go. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man, my week's been. Uh, eventful quote-unquote i guess oh yeah What'd you i do? finally finished off chrono trigger yeah man it's about time you beat that game again beat that game the first time again <laughs> so well crafted man 
It's it's fucking the sick nasty game, man. The way that they tell the story in that game is a, it's a just fucking, keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole way through. You're always a, engaged. It's an emotional roller coaster, and everything ties up. Every yep. You don't have many hokey moments in there. You know, you don't have many moments in there where you're like, it's kind of cheesy. They're yeah. all like, oh, that's why this person did this, or that's why this thing exists. Yup. Uh. I finished that off, and then on the same exact day, I started playing Sweet Code 1 over again. Instead of going on to one of the new games that, you know, I, I know. recommended you go to. I'm an asshole. He's like, oh, look at all these games on this top 100 list. I should try, probably play some of these. Yeah, you should play at least this one and this one and this one. The two- oh, fuck it. I'll go back to Sweet Code 1. <laughs> Are you gonna and and two? Are you gonna fault me for playing Sweet Code One and Two? I'm gonna fault you for for interjecting it before some good games that are you, you gonna played. fault me for playing Sweet Code One and Two? I'm not over fault. Valkyria Chronicles and Baldur's Gate Two yes, Assassins because Witch? you only and the only reason I'm gonna fault you for it See is because it. you haven't played yeah those. This is a what you're getting is Sweet Code and Leftovers. That you've reheated it's in the also microwave. also Sweet Coden, as in I haven't played Sweet Coden 1 in over a decade, and I haven't played Sweet Coden 2 in like six or seven years. Damn. So, it hadn't been six or seven years. I think, I, I think you've played it more recently than that. Well, three or four, maybe. Yeah, probably. Either way, that's, that's a long fucking time. Especially for Sweet Coden 1. Sweet Coden 1 mainly. But you can just, as I was, I, I was telling you earlier in the week, man, you can destroy Sweet Coden 1. In like 15 hours, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. If you're going through there, like, yeah, get fucked. Get yeah. fucked. Get fucked. Yep. You can go through there and rape. Uh, what, what's the name of his teacher? Pierce teacher in that game. In Sweet Code 1? Yeah. He has his instructor who taught him how to use the stick. And you can find him and they have a unite oh, attack, which hits no. everybody oh, really fucking man. hard. And he's like the best character yes, in the game. Yes, I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Is, his name he, is like Ginkai or something like that. I think so. I think that. Oh man, it's been it's been too long. Sweet Once you man. find him, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. Yep. Then it's like you don't even have to auto attack anymore. You're just like unite done. I've already had some oh wow moments. Spoilers for Sweet Code and One for the Sony PlayStation. Oh no. Uh. If you remember, you at the beginning of the game, this is, I mean, I'm only like two, three hours in the game, I don't know. Uh-huh. But uh, there's a section where you have to go into this general's uh, house. His name's LaPont. Yeah, yeah. He's the orange guy. I always call him orange because his fucking hair is orange. He's his got that big green orange. cloak. He's got a green cloak. But they colored it orange. He's just orange. <laughs> but uh, you have to invade his house. Because to get his attention, you, you're trying to get his attention. Yeah. So you steal his favorite sword to get his attention. Yes. No, you you steal his sword, and one of the guys there backstabs you. And is like, yeah, I told him you were here. <laughs> and he, he approaches you, and you're like, yeah, uh, I've got this Liberation Army I'm forming. I need you to join. And he looks to his wife, Eileen. He says, Eileen, you're no longer my wife. And she's like, excuse me? He goes, he's like, I'm about to go. I'm Fuck about to these go people right in your ass. shit up, and I don't want you out in the middle of drama. She's like, baby, I'll, I signed up for drama and he's like, shit the day that I met you. And he's like, good answer. Wife. He's like, he's like, I'm going to have to leave you because I'm about to go fuck these yeah, guys. Yeah, he does it like that. <laughs> like, he's like, 
your main character which doesn't speak everybody around you is telling them what's going on but it's like yeah, I've got this liberation army you know the emperor the empire is corrupt some yeah. shit's going down and I need some good strong people you know what's going on you can fight this cause come fight with me and he immediately, he's like mm-hmm I hear your story and he immediately turns to his wife Eileen you're not my wife anymore and I was like whoa whoa <laughs> and she was like what the fuck he's like yeah I don't know if you want to then be you, around for this then shit. Then you meet his son. Yep, yep, yep. Then you meet his son again uh, in the Sheena, next game. isn't it? Yep. Yep. Good game. Highly recommend anybody. As always, it's up in the alley. Games you should play. Yeah, he's in so good, too. Uh, yes, I do. I do have designs to play Baldur's Gate 2 and Valkyria Chronicles. I will probably start those two in whatever order I choose after I finish Sweet Coding 2. I really wish I just had more of a spark to push me to play Valkyria Chronicles because honestly, I'm playing it because everybody says it's great and you say it's great. But I haven't seen anything that's I, made me go, oh, oh yeah. Oh, have you not yeah. looked at it online a little bit? I've I've seen like two or three people review it. I've seen some gameplay footage. I get what the game is. Yeah. I just personally haven't seen anything in my taste that makes me go, well, oh yeah. I mean, you know, maybe you want to watch the anime and then just play through the game later. Who knows? I'm, I'm, and I know you're gonna have arguments against it. I know. Yeah. But I'm not a World War Two type person. Like yeah. that stuff does not appeal to me at all. Not not well, video this is, games, this movies. Is, maybe. Okay, there are some movies that I do like, but there. I mean, it it's a World War Two ish kind of game, but you're not gonna be. It's kind of World War One mixed with World War Two in a fantasy environment with completely fake countries. See, now that's the thing that keeps turning me over to the good side. It makes me want to play because they say, "Yeah, but there's fantasy stuff." Uh, like uh, all the ta- all the main source of power they have in this world isn't electricity. They get they use ragnite. Yeah, and it's a rock. Yeah, and so on the tanks you see this big piece of fucking rock on the back that's powering them. Every car, every truck, every rifle mm-hmm. they use ragnite. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, every machine that uses something either uses like steampunk wind or something like that, mm-hmm. or it uses ragnite as a power source. Yeah. And so you see it all like, uh, you, and it's also a weak spot. Yeah. So if you destroy that big fucking rock, then the thing ain't got a power no more. Mm-hmm. And also, I see, I see, uh, like trailers and reviews, and I'll see, you know, the tanks rolling around, I'll see the scouts moving around, I'll see the battle where they're shooting each other, and I'm, I'm slowly droning out, and then I'll see this fucking white-haired, skinny-ass girl with this giant fucking lance with rotating parts. I'm like, okay, oh, okay, yeah, okay, now I'm in it. And then they go back to the tanks. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, you lost me. That's the Valkyria part of the Valkyria Chronicles. And also, so there's some there's some mysticism in there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't reveal itself till later. So you play through the first part, and you're just you're. You are a guy trying to hold a squad together through a war. Yeah. And then some mystical stuff happens. Who do you think is a better leader, the guy in Valkyria Chronicles or the guy in Mass Effect Andromeda? Well, considering Whoa. the guy in Valkyria Chronicles is a Mary Sue kind of, a little bit. He's kind of a Mary Sue. He's one of those guys that goes, oh, look at this. This is an indigenous plan. I can use this to win this next battle. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what? Fuck you. So basically you're telling me that Valkyria Chronicles is a worse game than I'm telling I'm telling you that as far as strategy wise, the guy from Suicoden 
you know, like Shu or or Matthew or whatever. Matthew, it's like, uh-huh. Matthew. Matthew, yeah. However his fucking name is pronounced, he would be like, yeah, no, nah. no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna have to get this guy, or else he's gonna kill us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd be like, okay. our only our only chance to win is to convince this guy to fight for us. Yeah, <clears throat> because otherwise he's going to murder everyone. As far as Baldur's Gate Two, I mean, I'm Baldur's Gate is it. It's one of those games where you have to you have to get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes a little while to warm up to it. it. Takes a little while to get used to the combat, to get used to how all the skills work. You're gonna have to learn the menus. You're gonna have to learn the mechanics. Mm-hmm. And there's a curve to it. It's how? not. It is a. It, it is not a moderate learning curve how harder would you say it is to learn than say diablo 2 if you know diablo 2's setup harder okay like way harder not way harder but harder harder. okay because i mean i get diablo 2 diablo 2 was made by blizzard and blizzard is really intuitive about how stuff works together yeah uh this not so much this is D and D. This is intricacy mm-hmm. over you know simplicity. Mm-hmm. It's like we want this to be very intricate, but you know you're gonna have to learn it. And yeah. it's not based off three point five D and D. It's based off I think three point or like a combination of A D and D and three I can't remember exactly when Baldur's Gate came out, so I can't remember exactly what system it used. Yeah, but you're gonna have to. <clears throat> I don't. I don't mind the at. learning curve, depending on how fucking complicated it is. But I, I, I'm, I'm shooting toward Baldur's Gate Two, Baldur's Gate Two. I keep saying Baldor, whatever reason. I keep going toward Baldur's Gate Two and Valkyria Chronicles, both for two things. I mean, both of those games for one thing. I want a good story. I want to step away from both of those games. Going, man, that story was good. That yeah. was good and not just eh like when I hear people tell me about Kira Chronicles they say it has a good system I can see the system I can yeah. see that it's unique it's innovative I get that but if the system is that good it's going to be a that's going to be a bonus for me I'm going it for the story on the flip side of that coin everybody else also says that if you if haven't played through Valkyria Chronicles and you haven't followed through Squad Seven story, you're doing a disservice. When you're you got to go through their when story. you when you look at Valkyria, the difference between Valkyria Chronicles and fucking Baldur's Gate is like night and day. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between Xenogears and Chrono Trigger. Okay, uh, Valkyria Chronicles is straightforward. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. You know, and you can kind of catch some of the beats. You know, if you if you've heard a lot of stories or seen a lot of fucking you know, shows, you can kind of see, you can kind of predict a couple of things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, as time goes on, I mean, it's a good story. It's good to follow through. It's fun to watch. It's a, it's a popcorn story. Yeah. Fucking Baldur's Gate, it's like, welcome to hell, bitch. <laughs> you know, like, I hope you read up. I hope you studied. <laughs> what if I didn't? If you didn't study, you're going to get the beat. You're going to get the main beats of the plot. Okay. Okay, I can deal with that. I mean, I you're can get the main beats of the plot, the- and you're gonna get a whole shit ton of side content. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so much side content! 
Good. And you have to understand the way the planes have ha- and um, Baldur's Gate doesn't pull any fucking punches. Spoiler. Yes. Yeah, spoiler. Spoiler is minor spoiler. Spoiler is fine, but you need to you need to you need to make that statement make sense. What do you mean? Baldur's Gate in the first town, in a certain place. I'm not going to tell you where because I don't want to spoil this for you. There is a certain thing that you can fuck up and do, and at level fucking three, six, seven, whatever you fucking happen to be. You'll run into a goddamn lich. Whoa. Now, a lich in D&D... That's, a, that's he, a pretty big deal. It's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. And what he'll, he's going to do is, Hi, I'm a lich. Get fucked. And he's going to cast time stop and about 20 spells. And then he's going to unfreeze time. And they're all going to hit you at once. And they're going to fucking blow you into little smithereens. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were a higher level party, you might have been able to stop him from getting that spell off. Because if he gets the spell off, you're dead. Yeah. But you can't. Because you're not high enough level, mm-hmm. and this is just I see out of the blue, out of the blue. Saying. You know, you're going to fight dragons, and they're going to fight you like dragons, and they're not going to pull any punches. Okay, you're going to fight. There's vampires in the game, and vampires in the in D and D are not something to be fucked with. They have this thing called energy drain. No shit. Okay, and energy drain gives you negative levels. When you get hit. Whoa. What? So every time they hit you, two levels gone, two levels gone, two levels. Your level 20 party is now level 10. Wow. You're dead because you know, they eventually get to the point where they're just one-shotting you. Wow. And they're hitting you in packs. So you have to be ready to fucking fight them. And you're not going to be ready to fight them. The first play, that first playthrough is going to be brutal for you. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's going to be brutal for you. <laughs> you're going to be like, man, I'm dying. I died so many fucking times. Oh my God, this is going to be like Demon Souls of RPGs wow. for you. Because <clears throat> you, you're going to be fumbling around with the system, and you're going to be able to harness maybe sixty percent of its power the first mm-hmm. playthrough before mm-hmm. you really get fucking good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, unless you come from a very strong D and D black background, and specifically a black ground, a black round, yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell you about your black ground. Yeah, that's that's wow. Anyway, <laughs> so you go through your D and D. If you have a really strong D and D background, then you're probably going to be able to, you know, go. Okay, well, I remember how this worked. Let's see what kind of spin they put on it. Mm. Not so much if you don't. You're gonna to have to learn everything. You can you can actually set it in the options where you can see the dice rolls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it'll tell it'll show you how your attacks broke down, yeah, and stuff like that, and how the enemy's attacks broke down, and how their resistances worked, and how your resistances worked. Okay, but there's a lot to take in, man. It's a whole I mean, lot I'll, to take in. I'm not I'm not trying to intimidate you out of playing. Uh, you're not at all. If the story is there, the story is always there. If it's it's a D and D game. If it's going to be interesting and the gameplay is fun, I'll deal with the learning curve. It w- it wouldn't be the fiftieth time that I've had to deal with the learning. Another curve. good game you should play is well, actually, two good games you can play by the same company. You should play Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. The the I, see. Here's the thing about Knights of the Old version. Republic, though. I think Star Wars are for fucking loser ass nerds. So damn. Well, there goes no, all the rest of our uh, podcast listeners. I, Shit. <laughs> no, I I do want to play that game because uh, everything I've seen about it, just the the charm in it, is what appeals to me the most. Damn. And it's also got a damn good story. It's got a good story. It's got multiple outcomes. Multiple outcomes for the multiple endings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's it's really really great. It's a great. That'll story. probably be the fourth of the four games you recommend. What's mm. the other one? Dragon Age Inquisition. See or my, dra- or just Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. Again, I started playing Dragon Age the first one. I mm-hmm. didn't get into it at all. Wow. I did play Inquisition for about thirty minutes, and I, I mean the damn character creation alone was like wow. That's yeah. pretty fucking in depth. Yeah. Uh, I could pick it back up and try it again. You I'd should. say right now, it's probably going to be Valkyria Chronicles, Baldur's Gate 2, and then I'd probably go Dragon Age. KOTOR would just... So KOTOR is not online. No. That's not... That's there not is an Old Republic that is online as an MMO. Okay. Because for some reason, I always think that. Like, they, I don't, it is would... the same universe. Mm-hmm. It's the same universe and it's the same continuation of the same so story. Kotor is its own game. It's a standalone game. There is RPG, RPG, MMO. Okay, gotcha. There's two Kotor, R- Kotor RPGs mm-hmm. and the MMO. I'm saying you should play the first RPG okay. and maybe the second RPG if you want to. Mm-hmm. You can play the MMO if you want to, too. I'm not going to stop you. I'm just saying. And it was apparently a really damn good RP- MMO. It's just, you know, wow, it's like, yeah, get, yeah. get fucked. I've done my MMO time. MMOs are, are an investment. They're not a they're yeah. not a one shot kind of deal. No, they're they're not. And I've played two of them. Technically, I guess three. I, I don't really count Fantasy Star. That was a that was a jolly good time. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> just kind of just kind of romp through it for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only other thing that I did that I think worth reporting. I mean, I, there was two things. Uh, the first one is we, actually today, my wife and I just went and saw uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Curse, Curse for the Dead Man's Opal Ring. You want to let you in on a little secret? Uh, I've never watched any of those movies. Really? Not one. Why? Because I'm afraid of pirates. Okay, why? No, why? <laughs> I just I've never watched them for whatever reason. Them? I just didn't want to watch them. Um, I'm in the minority when it comes to these movies because I enjoy them. Are they like the, are they fucking top tier 10? No, but are they fun? I was under the impression a lot of people like these movies. They, they are, but critics are like, no, these games, these games, these movies are garbage. Eh, I don't consider them garbage. I consider them toss away popcorn flicks. Yeah. Uh, I've I'll, just never been motivated to go see one in theaters, nor have I ever bought one to take home. Yeah. So one day, one day in the distant future when I'm a millionaire and I'm sitting back on the beach, I'll pull my big screen TV out onto the beach and I'll watch the entire thing in a marathon. It'll be like mm-hmm. 14 hours worth of movies. I'm not the world's biggest fan of these movies, but I will wholeheartedly admit that I do enjoy them. I've seen the first three or four, like two or three times a piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy them for what they are. Always big on the antagonists in these movies. Like, uh, Blackbeard was a cool one. Davy Jones was fucking awesome. Do you fear death? I, lo- I love that guy. Yes. Uh, yes, this, I do. This one has, uh, Javier Bardem. He's playing a, he's playing a Spanish, uh, Conquistador. Yeah. God, I just saw this movie and I forgot his name. Sal- Salazar? Salazar. Something like that. Not the Resident Evil 4 Salazar. (laughs) Uh, Good movies. I will say this about them, though. They know these Disney movies know how to fucking push you forward through plot like crazy. Because there were two or three times where in 
in a 20-second span, they give you stuff, and you're like, well, I think that was pretty big. That, that was a lot of info. Just, just, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy's a god. Next scene. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we go back? Can we go back? What the fuck just happened? Stuff like that. <laughs> They're like, yeah, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, it was it was a good movie. The other thing is, uh, I kind of want to give a shout out. Uh, we I don't think we've ever done this, and oh I, god, I no, guess, are we going to start doing this now? No, nah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'll run out. this by you. Yeah. See if you. Uh, it's just something I talked about before. If if anybody has heard uh, a, a year or so ago, the the gaming uh, sphere known as game trailers went down. Yeah, like the whole company got shut down. Everybody got laid off. Horrible story, in my opinion. I'm sure it has its reasons, but that was not cool because there were a lot of yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people lost their jobs. For yeah, that. Uh, and soon after, some of the core people at Game Trailers, like Kyle Bossman, uh, got together and was like, "Hey, we're gonna just make this fucking Patreon, okay? For fans that like us, that like the content that us Game Trailers guys did, if you guys want us to band together and do something else." Show us in the money, show us in the votes, show us that you want us, and we'll fucking do this. Like, we're not just going to leave just because the company's gone. And they raised a shit ton of money, and they have formed Easy Allies, and they're doing great. They're doing just like what game trailers used to be. They have game reviews, they've got podcasts, they've got uh, talk shows, they've got conferences, all this stuff. So, Damn. Fucking shout out to the Easy Allies, guys. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy that you guys got that going. That's awesome to be like... On the one hand, you're at one of the top premier like gaming personas out there, and then hey, by the way, your your job, you're laid off. Yeah. Bye. By the way, fuck you. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're not done. <laughs> Our fans do not want us to be done. Uh, I recommend anybody that 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 liked game trailer stuff. If you, if you've never heard of them, go check out anything by Kyle Bosman. But definitely go check out Easy Ally stuff. It's really cool. Uh, I stumbled across them and watched a whole bunch of their reviews. I also listen to their podcast now. That's like, I don't know, nine different podcasts I subscribe to. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's pretty much been my week, though. Wow. He did a lot of shit. Uh, well, it's it's weird being at this age and saying in one day I finished off Chrono Trigger and then started Sweet Coden 1. Yeah. When back in my youth, those were two Pillar moments of my life. Yeah. You know, it took me, it had to take me a couple months to knock down Chrono Trigger just because I was, you know, the little times I could play it and how much I played it, you know? Well, I mean, there's a difference between the way you play one of those games now and one of the ways you played it back then. Mm -hmm. Because before you'd walk through and you'd be like, I would do one thing and then I'd walk through every other area in the game to talk to every other NPC to see if anything had changed. Yep. Not so much anymore. Now I'm just like, uh, oh, you know what? Let's get on with it. Plus, you also know where to go. I mean, yeah. not, not saying that you should always be lost in either one of these two or three games, but you know where you're going. Yeah, you know what the next thing is. So you're going to go fix that. You're actually reading the text and understanding what's being said, too. Exactly. Exactly. What about you, man? What's your what's your gaming? Oh man, like? to be totally honest with you, I haven't had a whole lot of gaming time this last week. You haven't had a whole lot no, of No. That's been, understandable. Life happens, man. It's been it's been life this whole last week. Mm-hmm. Uh but I did get some time in on um Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Still checking the boxes. <laughs> I checked a couple boxes on The Witcher Three too. Oh yeah, went back there, checked a couple more boxes on that. Mm-hmm. And um the uh 
big thing that I've been watching. I've been trying to keep track of a couple of things while I'm playing, mm-hmm. and uh, I've st- I'm still looking at that Players Unknowns uh, Battle Royale. Oh yeah, oh man, Players, it's really Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. Good. And, and that's going to be a badass game, dude. It's going to be a badass game. The, the, but if we didn't make this point clear, I I do apologize. This game is not out yet. No, this it's is still not. like a beta format. That you can just you can get it on Steam. Play. You can get it on Steam and pay your thirty bucks and already have the game. Yeah, and play the the pre access right now is fucking awesome. But as polished as the game is now, it's not finished. They're still updating nope. it. They're still making They're changes. They're still working it. The official game is not out yet, but it's coming. So that that oh I like that oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm also looking at Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the 3.0 update and all the things it's going to bring with it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man. Still just chomping at the bits. And the more I look at Star Citizen and the more things are starting to come together, I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. Uh, I really hope, and I mean this genuinely, I really hope when this game comes out, it just blows video gaming out of water. Yeah. I hope that people in mass look at Star Citizen and go, holy fuck. This is what could have been done. Wow. And Star Citizen goes, you know what made this happen? We took our fucking time. Yep. We got, we went out and we said, look, this is our goal. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a game. You know, we're going to make a universe. We are going to stand this up out of nothing. And then we're going to take our time getting it to where it exactly Exactly to where it needs to be. Exactly. We didn't have like 20 people and each person had like five ideas. We come into a boardroom and I'm fucking smoking a cigar going, all right, what do you got? And they're like, here, 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 here. And I go, all right, I'm going to cut all that down to a third because of time and I want more money and I want a good release date. Bye. No. We said, what can we do to make this game better? What can we bring? Well, not only that, but they they kept making Kickstarter goals and they kept getting met. Yep. That was the thing is that they were like, okay, well, I mean, if you give us, you know, this much money, we'll be able to add this to the game. And they were like, done. Yep. Well, what about that done? What about mm-hmm. that done? What about that done? And eventually they had to shut it down because it's yeah. getting to where they were like, <laughs> okay, plate is full. <laughs> they, they, we're, we're, we're looking at like 2019 now. It's like yes. 2012 yes. and we can't get this done. And so we and want, again. we want to, and, that's not to say that when the game comes out, they're going to treat it like an MMO. It's going to be like a WoW. Yeah. If there was ever a WoW killer, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be, you go into the game, you play, and they're constantly updating it and mm-hmm. constantly, you know, supporting the game and adding new content. And it's going to be so good. And it's going to be I so good. I, I love that they're going to have shit. And I, I mean, I've, I know one I'm a cri- broken record. One critique I have. What? So far, one critique, and that is it doesn't seem like your character's going to have any kind of personal attributes. That should be okay, because you're playing an arbiter of what you want. Yeah. Well, I think it would be cool that if your character, you know, had, like, a strength stat or an intelligence stat. Oh, or, I see what you're saying. You know, okay. like, like maybe, maybe a Skyrim type thing where they, even if it was just a ho-hum Skyrim type thing where they were just like, okay, well, here's your strength and your intelligence, your dex, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then we'll give you a little bit of extras for these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe your dex makes your character run faster or, you know, dodge more and, or something. Yeah. You know, maybe your intelligence makes these mini games move a little slower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, 
you're a little bit more creative and figuring things out. Maybe your patches last, maybe your repairs last a little longer, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Maybe, maybe your constitution keeps you from bleeding out a little longer, stuff like that. Um, I thought you meant more like from story and scene and movie cinematic, like they don't, they're not their quirky person. Which, if they if they weren't, I'd be fine with that. Oh yeah. Well, like, no, having having character, that's I think that's one of the next frontiers of actual character design. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, you have like Baldur's Gate, you'll you'll see where you have you get to pick their voice, mm-hmm. and you can pick any voice from like the hero. You know, it goes through all the male voices and all the female voices, and you have the male voices where you have the guy that's. A good strong guy, he goes, ha ha, you know, watch out, evil doers. And you have the bad strong guy who goes, I'm gonna mess you up. And then you have like the insane guy that goes, ah, fucking die, oh, well, fucking die. Yeah, so I mean, you're like, That's oh how my the god, English Kefka sounds. Yep. Wow. Oh god, have you heard the English Kefka? No. Just stay away. Thank God. Just stay away. Right, I'm good. So, in any case. That is uh that is an area where I think a lot of game designers could could possibly uh maneuver that. I mean, you saw it a little bit in Fallout where you could have different types of responses, mm-hmm. but I really think the voice acting killed Fallout. That is one game I have had a little bit of time to play. We 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 can have an episode about this if you want to one day, but I we pretty, we probably should. Speaking of easy allies, I was watching their uh talk about uh Breath of the Wild and a long part of their discussion was about voice acting. Everybody in Breath of the Wild has voice acting. They all have voice dialogue to some degree. All the main characters, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Link does not. Not only does he not, as usual, they also have a pseudo in story canon reason why he's so silent. The big question was should Link have dialogue? And then, it, and it, which evolves to a bigger question, should any silent protagonist have dialogue? I'm of the opinion they don't have to. If they've been silent, they can be silent. Yeah. I'm also saying that if you can, if you want to give it dialogue, you better fucking do it right. Yep. And thirdly, biggest point, if I don't like that voice dialogue, give me the option to turn it off. If this character, I'll take it a fourth step. If this person has never talked, if it is a chrono, if it is a link, if they've never talked, or, or even the majority of games that they've been in, if they don't talk, I don't need them to. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to have them talk. That's, it's, it's something that helps me relate to it. Even if I can't relate, it sets a tone. I mean, here, for that here's, person. here's the big thing. When you have a silent, and especially in Fallout 4, mm-hmm. okay, um, if you played Fallout 3 and Vegas, which came before this, mm-hmm. they didn't have a, they had a silent protagonist, but that wasn't silent. Mm-hmm. You got to choose options. Yeah. You got to say, okay, fuck you, or yeah. I'm going to kill you, or blah, 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 blah. Well, the great thing about that was, you could go back and mod the game and add extra dialogue options in oh. and create all new quests. Nice. Create fucking new options and whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in Fallout 4. Because? Because all the stuff is voice acted. Laid out in a row. Yep. And therefore, and you still have options. It's but. just you can't go past what Bethesda gave you. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And he goes, okay, well, he didn't actually say anything there. Mm-hmm. 
So, man, unless you want to just go with silent options, like you just punch a motherfucker in the face for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no creativity there. I, there's no option for, for good seamless modding. I think because I have seen so many games that have had silent protagonists, and I mean to the point where they don't have dialogue at all, and I've seen games that have done them so well, Uh it's hard for me to think of some that have done it bad that that gives me allowance to afford them. To say, no, you don't have to. You, yeah. you can do, you show me that you can do it well, silent. E- even with Simma. Creatively, how you can do silent or, 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 and people around them aren't. There so. are, there are semi silent protagonists mm-hmm. that go, you know, they have very few choices in their dialogue. Yeah. You know, where they go, okay, well, ho hum, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kind of chill out and. What do you squall? Just, yeah. <laughs> where you're just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, you know, I guess, uh, I guess I don't have to, you know, say anything like the, uh, the KOTOR protagonist. He made decisions. He made choices. He wasn't silent per, per se, but he never spoke. Yeah. And his options were really limited. Mm-hmm. You know, he would talk to people and be like, okay, well, here's, here's your stuff, but you never, you never really got the feeling that that your options were defined solely by the game creator or that your character was exactly the same every single time you right, played. Right. With the silent protagonist, you can do it when and when I say silent protagonist, I'm not saying it in the the traditional sense like, you know, like a chrono or a or a, or a link. I'm saying with a non-speaking non-voice acted protagonist right 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 um you just have that option there that never really goes away Mm -hmm. for you know just infinite support from the mod community yeah i love that i love being able to go into skyrim which is another great example of not voicing a fucking protagonist and they Mm -hmm. get to put more options in the game Mm -hmm. you go into skyrim and you meet a character that has never been there before and they go, hey, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to go do this? And you're like, yeah. And it fits perfectly because that's the same way you would have chosen it had this person been in the game from day one. Right. You know, and so it, it just instantly, you know, it, it's just so... I, I love not having to deal with the jarring effect of a mod. Yeah. And it allows the game to be expanded on... And for the story to continue and to constantly be, you know, I could go fire up Skyrim right now and play something I've never played before. Mm-hmm. I, I just watched a mod a couple of weeks ago about uh, some kind of haunted house or some shit. Yeah. Somebody put together. You and know? The, uh, an example of this for just getting off like an RPG tangent. Uh-huh. But here's two games that you could play to... Uh, this, this could be like a, a test for yourself to see how you feel about a character that was originally silent but then got all, but then got dialogue. Dialogue, not even voice dialogue. Yeah. Go play Super Metroid. Okay? Yep. Here's a game with, except for the, you know, the last Metroid is in captivity, the galaxy's at peace. This game tells a story 
It tells it through the, the environments. It tells it through the upgrades. It tells it whenever you see the Metroids running around. Spoiler alert for Super Metroid. It tells you story at the last battle of the game. It, yep. You get a whole scene where somebody could narrate that if they wanted to. If the Bastion guy wanted to come in and narrate the last fight in Super Metroid, mm-hmm. and it would be epic. It would be action-packed. It would be heart-wrenching. And it would be like a momentous thing to see. No dialogue. Samus doesn't get up and has a voice box, a dialogue box pop up. She goes, breathing heavy. I, I won't let, I won't stand for this, mother brain. Like, no. No dialogue in this game, no voice popping up at all, but you get the story. Yeah. You get a whole concise story. Play that, and then go play Metroid Uh, Fusion. Metroid Fusion is very linear in nature. It does kind of have the backtracking, but it's linear in nature. And you'll notice the dialogue in that game is set up to make that game linear. Yeah. So now, not only do you have a character that has to talk, and now you're getting, you're, you're was it you fusion from, or other M where you she went talked? from no dialogue to here's a lot about me. Now you're gonna get defining in box reasons why I am the way I am, and, and personality traits, and yeah. this is how I feel when I'm in my all alone time. And it's setting the game up where I want to go over there. I can't go there yet because the sto- that part of the story hasn't been unlocked yet. Damn. Instead of you, it, it, it's quote unquote, you don't have the key, but it's you haven't got that far in the story yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. That will give you a good idea of what it's like when you have a company that can make a game about a character. They can tell you what you need to know about the character without giving you a single word, or you give something where they dump it on you and you have to f- associate these feelings and these emotions and these personality traits to this person take which one of those two you like it's not always a bad thing there are situations where you know you have both a little bit of both um like say sui koden sui koden had a for the most part silent protagonist yeah he got for the most part he got to pick dialogue but he did every once in a while it wasn't it and I know this now playing through Sweet Code and one again, they would give you an option one or two, but he didn't then repeat that option. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't show the character animating like he was talking and, he, and they say the word. It just says, yes, I want to go to that castle. No, I don't want to go to that castle. Pick. You pick it and everybody around you responds to your choice. Yes. So yeah, that's, yeah. So <clears throat> you're looking, uh, I think Metroid is, uh, wasn't it Other M that where she had all the dialogue? Oh yeah, Other M apparently takes Other that M. Form Other M was like the one where they did it wrong. Yes, again, I haven't played it, so anything I'm saying is taken from everything else that I've read and seen and heard about the game. But apparently, they go overboard with giving this girl with giving her character. It's not just the fact that they give her the character; it's that that character that they paint for her. Again, this is just from what I've understood. That the character Samus that they've portrayed in Other M starkly contrasts the Samus that you know. Yeah, she goes the from, the silent protagonist I'm, that was going around ass kicking. Humble. And, I'm quiet. I fucking get the job done. I kick ass. I yeah. kill things. I save things. I get my paycheck and I move the fuck on my life. This one is oh, I really got to worry about this and oh man, what's gonna happen and 
oh, emotions and stress and uh, like this. I get a nervous character with Samus and Other M. Yeah. Other aims, other games, oh no. Charge forward, move, get shit done. So it's not just, it doesn't, if, if the dial, if the dialogue and or voice acting is done correct, if they match the person, if they paint a good picture for the person, that's fine. But when you start a franchise or start a series, be it limitations or not, and you make that, you make the, I, I consider it a directive choice, a production choice, an art, an artistic choice, decision to not have dialogue. I'm, I'm thinking, great. You have the wherewithal to do all the machinations around that, all that it takes to make that silent protagonist relatable, enjoyable, uh, and a good character. Then the next game or whatever down the road comes out and you say, now we're going to give this person, we're going to make them talk and we're going to give them a voice dialogue or audio. I, I just don't like it. I ha- I've had too many times where that doesn't work. And I've had yeah. more times where the silent protagonist has worked and worked and worked and worked. So just let it be. I don't have to have that. When you move up in a graphical age, when you move up in more production, when I can tell that you your first game was like $2 million, your second game, because the first game was so good, you got like an $8, 9000000 million budget. And then you don't fucking shit out that fucking yeah. sick, nasty sequel that needs to be done? Yes. Or you try to take thing, you try to, you, you screw with the formula, and instead of going bigger, better... Yeah. You know, more yes. of what I liked. Yes. And decide to instead go, well, let's, let's put a little spin on it. That, that I think was one of the problems that Final Fantasy always had. Yep. Is they kept trying to reinvent the formula and instead they, of and taking the formula. And I mean, I'm not saying innovation is a bad thing. I'm yep. never going to say innovation is a bad thing. I'm, th- I'm saying that when you reinvent the wheel, it's not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Not always a good thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's just my two cents. I, I I agree. And the the point I was getting at was that if when you when I can tell that you clearly had a sequel where you had more budget, you had more, you brought in more artists, more sound designers, another writer or two. What when I can tell that you pumped more money in making this better. One of the things I don't need is, oh yeah, we hired 17 voice actors, which cool. I'm glad for, I want voice actors to get paid. I'm not trying to kick them out of their jobs. But when I think of all the things you can bring to the table to make the games better, that doesn't have to be there. I think that's more of a homogenized thing with like, well, the charts show that people like voice dialogue more than a silent protagonist. And I'm the guy saying, yeah, but this, it was a silent protagonist from, from the get go. Let it yeah, be. you shouldn't you shouldn't go back and change the trope. Exactly. Especially if it's the same character. Yeah. Especially if it's the same character. And, and this character didn't say shit through the first three games, but now he's talking a bunch? No. Yeah. I I got to relate to that character. I got to put even if it's not the I'm relating to that character, even even if it, it doesn't have to just be I'm putting myself in Samus's shoes. It could be the greatest one of all time, which is I have a character assigned to Samus that Adam yeah. does not. Adam has a character assigned to a Samus and so on and so forth around the horn. They may have some, they, we may be able to echo some of the same things, but we have, if we imagined a story of Samus on planet 728 
we would we would have two slightly varying things. But when you come out and have this is what's happening with Samus, and she has voice dialogue, and you're like, well, I remember back last game when this kind of thing came up, she was talking about this, and she acted this way. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is how she's going to act. Now I have to follow your tune. I don't mind that's following the, the tune. That's I mean, that's what you started with, but that's it, not what she started with. Changing the changing the script mid mid series is a bad thing. Nope. A very very bad thing. Yes, Chrono Cross. Motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, so let's look. Let's get on to today's topic. You know, I've been in a. I guess this is kind of topical. Accidentally, I, I did accidentally mention, topical. Yeah, Hashtag. I did. I did mention talking about the uh, the characters from uh, the pirate, uh, the, the pirates of the Caribbean movie. Pirates of the Caribbean. One thing that I like about them, and it's something I've learned about myself over time through video games, I I thoroughly enjoy a villain that's done right. I, Me too. I, I gravitate toward villains in games. Now, that's not saying that I want to be one. It's yes, just saying do. that depending on their story, how they're written, uh, w- their origin, where they come from, their motivations, I love a good, 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 very well-written villain. There are lots of heroes that are good. Like, Shepard is well-fleshed out for a hero. Mm-hmm. He's got... You see all his shades of gray. You see his blacks, and you see his whites. But you can't have a good Batman without a good Joker. Exactly. So, it got us thinking uh, of a couple weeks ago. We just had a good discussion. We figured we'd bring it here to the podcast and try to flesh it out more here. Yeah, let's is, do this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about villains, specifically the ones that you can sympathize with. Specifically, you can you can sympathize with them, or maybe they just had a point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. So a, a good contrast here for 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 those that for those that haven't played, I can give you two. One would be Mass Effect again. If you look at the Reapers as a whole, now I'm sure somewhere in the eons of time, they may have had some reason why they did what they did. You know, they may have had, but it some, was completely incomprehensible. Yeah, they may have had by some, the time Mass Effect rolled some around. cybernetic, mechanical, computer, Ultron sort of reason why they just said, you know what, we just want to wipe everything out because we want something better. Who knows? But in the tale of Mass Effect as a whole, you don't, you can't look back at a root cause and go, oh, well, there was a computer built and somebody. You know, erased a memory bank of a computer's memory, and they took that and manifested, and then eons of time. The yeah. Reapers are there as just a force. They're just—they are a force of nature. We are here, and they to are here reap. to fuck. We are shit here up. to do what we want for our own mechanical whatever agenda. Another good example, spoilers for Final Fantasy VI, is Kefka. I, I can't think of that anything. I can't think of anything in Final Fantasy VI that was. That was that was fleshed upon where you look back and go, oh well, you know what? And, and Kefka's maybe teenage, Kefka wasn't such a bad guy. Maybe Kefka and you know in the first war of the Magi, you know he was, his mother was murdered by you know the Empire or something. And that no Kefka is just I'm just here to fuck shit up because I can. Oh, and he did by the way. So he was successful. The contrast to these two are what we're going to talk about today. This is villains or uh, evil archetypes or whatever that have something where when you looked back, you can either think, one, if you think about it, they were kind of right, 
or the more tragic sense where like, okay, you did a lot of bad shit and you ended this shit the wrong way, but uh, I see why. You had some fucked up shit happen and it made you, that turned some screws in your head. Okay. Let's, let's get it on. A couple of these are, are going to be specific to you because I don't really know too much about them. Yeah, some of them be for you too. Okay. Let's, uh, let's start with one of yours. All right, we'll start with one of mine. Now, I did write down Sigma from uh, the Mega Man X universe. Bro, uh, tell me a little bit about Sigma. Now, the the thing about the Mega Man universe, especially the original one, th- there was a very loose story. I would say it's a step above Mario's story, uh-huh. but there was story there. You know, well, you had these two doctors, these two professors. They created these robots. One guy said, "I'm gonna make mine evil." Another guy said, "I'm gonna make mine good," and they clash. Bada boom! You got a story. You got a game. Yeah. Mega Man X has tried to add a little more to that. They try to turn the story up. Yeah. In the Mega Man X universe, and forgive me if I get the plots wrong, I I, I think there's a few games that contradict this story, so I'm going to mm-hmm. tell the synopsis that I got, and, and hopefully this makes well, but sense. Before before you get into the, the rationale of why he's not so bad, mm-hmm. tell us some of the bad things he did. Oh, well... Uh, uh, some of the bad things he did was he took, uh, what some people don't know is that in the original Mega Man X, you fight the eight robot masters, just mm-hmm. the, the Mavericks, just like you do in the old Mega Mans, except for Mega Man 1, which only had six. Uh, some of those were, not only were they good, as this is usually how it is, Mavericks are robot helpers that turn bad. Yeah. Usually they're the top tier robots. They were there to bad. do something cool. Yeah. They're not just the, you know, the shovel robot or the garbage disposal robot. They're usually like reploids that are in an army or they're, they, they're head of something. Uh, in the Mega Man X universe, as far as I remember, uh, two prominent ones were Storm Eagle and Chill Penguin. They were part of the Repliforce or the Reploids, the, the good guys. Uh-huh. Uh, there was Mega Man X and Zero and Chill Penguin and Storm eagle and sigma they were all five good guys uh sigma unfortunately got into a clash with uh zero zero uh, was one of dr wiley's or dr wheels last creations Mm -hmm. and he had some bad in him that bad manifested into like a virus and once that virus started to pop up over time, getting worse and worse and worse, Zero went maverick. And <clears throat> before he was before he was part of the good guy force, before he was here, when he was unearthed, he just come out the ground shit crazy mad. Well, they sent Sigma in to fight him. They had sent some forces after him, and Zero was just barehanded, mind you, was waylaying reploids left and right. Well, the word got back to Sigma, and he was like, well, I mean, he could have called X in. He could have called Storm. He's like, I'm going to go handle this shit myself. So he went in mm-hmm. and fought Zero by himself. And in doing so, he got tainted with the virus that Zero had. Mm-hmm. The positive of this is they pulled Zero back for study, and they were able to dig this out of him and make him pretty much good. Sigma was infected but didn't know, and it started to eat at him over time. And eventually, as everybody knows now... He became the ultimate villain. Like the virus just completely overtook him. Yeah, and that to me is a is a sympathetic to- sort of villain. This guy was a good guy. He was the commander. He was he a was, good guy. He just got corrupted. He was the captain. He was the guy that was better than X. He was to a degree better than. Remember when 
there was a fight. I think I think this was in Mega Man X Four. There was a fight that that, that it was a uh, story fight that tells you sort of like an origin story of where this whole virus shit started, and that was the story. Zero was bad. Zero was just killing people, and, and they didn't even know what the fuck Zero was. They just called him this red reploid. And he was like, "All right, well, let me go check this out myself." Yeah. At this point, he was the captain of this squad. He or this co- this company. He was the top tier. When you needed the he was, badass, he was record. the leader. Yes, he was the truck stick and the final fucking. He was the trump he had card. The sword that Zero got later. I mean, he was the badass, and they sent him in, and kind of unbeknownst to him, kind of without his say so, he got infected, and over time, it just got worse and worse and worse until he said, "You know what? I'm gonna help Reploids be the absolute best that they can be," and that's by not showing what you show X, and that's compassion. Uh, there's a scene where. Uh, I think it was from, I think it was from the, uh, Mega Man Command Mission, not Command Mission, the, uh, the, the, the PSP game. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the origin of Sigma's arrival or origin of Sigma, something like that. Mm-hmm. They show a robot. <clears throat> it's just a generic, like, four-legged worker robot. And it, it's, it's gone maverick and it's killing people left and right. Zero's there, X is there, Sigma's there, Chill The thing is fucking dead. The, 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 yeah, everybody, everybody <laughs> around them's dead or, no, I mean, or dying. I mean, whatever it is that they came to attack is fucking dead. <laughs> well, no, 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 not yet. Uh, it's there, and it's, it's you know, X, X shows up and does his fucking X thing, and he blasts a hole, and it gets back up, and Zero's fighting him. And the, 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 the rep, the, the maverick little machine thing grabs one of the random Joe Blows in the squad and picks him up and holds him. And Zero X has his blaster up and he's about to shoot him. And he's doing the whole squint in the eye and trying to get a shot. And Chill Penguin's like, dude, shoot him. Shoot him. If you don't, he's about to tear us all to pieces. And Zero's like looking at the guy and he's looking at the, 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 the maverick and he keeps looking at the weak point and the guy's in the way and he's like, oh. I can't. And they're like, dude, take the shot. And he's like, eh, eh. Sigma comes in with one sword swipe. Goes, yeah. He cuts the he cuts the dude that's held hostage. He cuts his arm off, but he kills the machine. Now, mind you, this is a reploid. I'm sure he can get another arm put on. Mm-hmm. But Sigma's like, X, you have power. You're an awesome individual, but you need to learn when to pull the trigger. Because if you don't, this is going to be your downfall. And you can see the look on X's face. He's like, I just, I don't know. I feel compassion and all that. And he's like, that's your weakness. Now, that's not necessarily Sigma talking. That's that virus starting to work with him. That virus fucking with his brain. Exactly. Because that's still the captain of a good team. He wouldn't have done that. He would have maybe found some other way. But he was like, fuck this. A to B, cut the guy, cut the machine in half. And there's an, uh, it happens again later, and that's when Sigma shows up and goes finally full Maverick, and he's like, I'm gonna be what X can't be. Everybody looks at X like he's just this pristine poster boy for what Reploids should be. I'm gonna mm-hmm. show you what Reploids need to be. They need to be done with compassion, be done with all this bullshit, and just rise up. And that's what he does. He becomes a bad guy. So the fact that he started out way at the top, Maybe not to the angelic, oh, really, everybody loves him level that X was. He was still the good guy. He was that good commander, and he got he got, he got got turned over, you know? Okay. Good example of a sympathetic villain, you know? All right. Now, maybe I'll try one. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Galleon. Oh, Galleon from... 
Lunar, and Silver Star Story, and Eternal Blue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Galleon, and I'm going with the base Galleon. I'm going to defend his actions as a uh, as a villain. Spoil, by the way, we're gonna go through. We're gonna throw this out now because I have an idea of what we're gonna be doing. We're probably gonna be telling basically a a, a quote unquote short version of their these characters' origin stories and what they do. We may be revealing some plot elements that give mm-hmm. more weight to. Okay, here's some bad shit this person did. Yeah. Uh, so spoiler for almost any game we bring up here. Okay, this yeah. one's gonna be for Lunar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> Essentially, okay, it, to name some bad things that he did, okay, he uh, he kidnaps your girlfriend, he kills a dragon, which uh, in this game is a bad thing. It's a it's a very very bad thing. These are like these are the four good godly things. dragons that make up the magic of the of the world. He mm-hmm. enslaves all the other dragons. Oh shit! Um, <clears throat> he proceeds to uh, destroy a magic city and. Try to, and almost destroys the entire world, mm-hmm. um, along with other various minor things that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, the justification for which goes back to his origin story. Mm-hmm. He was one of the four heroes of you know the time before the first Lunar game, and they went out and they saved the world and they did all this cool stuff. Well, he had three other friends with him while they did this, and he was part of that party. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a renowned magician. He was a very renowned regi- magician, and they personally knew the goddess Althena mm-hmm. in this world. Um, they not just like you know, I, we serve the goddess. They are like we commune, we talk to in her physical form the goddess. Mm-hmm. And the decision was made. Uh, Althena, from time to time, would decide to become a human and live a human life for a little while. Mm-hmm. Well, this time she decided not to ever come back. She had made the decision that she was going to step down and no longer be human ever, or no longer be a goddess and let humans have, you know, they break their divine, um, link. not so much link. It, it, she wanted them to control their own destinies gotcha. pretty much. She's, she saw that they were becoming too dependent on her mm-hmm. and that they were, you know, not, they were living for her, not living for themselves and doing what they could do, right. what they had inside them to do. Mm-hmm. So she decided to <clears throat> release her hold on humanity. Can I just say that is an awesome story for a God to have? Yep. You know, because we know you could think of games like Act Razor or any, any game that has a thing where people are living their life, but they're like, oh, we need this to happen. Please, we need the gods to control this. That's a god that says, you know what, I can. You guys need to start doing this shit on your own. Yep. Because you need to have your own, not because I don't want to do the work, because you need to have your own destiny. You don't yep. need to have every story in with, well, Althena made this thing happen. Well, oh, that's really here, good. Here's the, here, here's the kicker. Althena, in this iteration, was in love with the Dragon Master, Dine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Dragon Master essentially gets the blessing of the four dragons, which are directly underneath the goddess. Mm-hmm. And they imbue a hero, in this case, Dine, with a piece of it. Each piece of his armor is given to him by one of the dragons as their personal seal of approval. Cool. So he has a shield, he has armor, he has a helmet, he has a sword. All these little pieces that make up his stuff all come from the different dragons. Mm-hmm. Well, 
she you know she and Diane had a little thing going on they they you know you could tell that she favored him mm-hmm. very heavily mm-hmm. well for one galleon was very very jealous of that mm-hmm. but when she made the decision to become a human and release that power imagine what it would feel like if you knew god you knew god mm-hmm. and then you knew god was like fuck it I'm going away. Yeah, that. Imagine that, that, that crisis. Is the other flip side of that coin. So he is not only being, you know, he he's not only having his love rejected. He's also having his entire religion, um, invalidated. Mm-hmm. All the things he'd known growing up. Wow, that's heavy. So he sits on this mm-hmm. for 15 years, like, oh my god, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is. This is incomprehensible. And the moment, the moment it he discovers where the goddess had been reborn, he decides to take matters into his own hands. Mm. And that's when all this shit starts happening. He's basically trying to put the goddess back on the throne. Right. And steer her towards what he believes is the best course for Lunar. Right. Obviously, the heroes disagree. Um, but you can't really fault him for believing the way he did. Yeah. Um, and he does come around to believing what they do. Mm-hmm. And later on it, it, he is one of the few villains that ends up getting a redemption. There are a couple on this list that do, but, yeah. um, he, he really, I mean, if you look at it, I, I don't see how you couldn't sympathize with this villain, yeah, no, I mean that's the, and I've seen other games and movies do this too, where somebody has come down and just brought like they just open a book, and it's a revelation to where all of their and I'm saying religious is a loose word, but all their religious ties and beliefs, the way they govern, it, it would be like somebody coming out and saying, "Hey, by the way, uh, God just flat out does not exist. Here's the immovable proof." And there are some people who I don't know, I. I guess you would say they they they're like okay let's let's make it happen but there are some people who go uh no this is not cool not only does this challenge our beliefs not only does this make things that we want to happen or to not happen happen or things that we want to happen not happen this is wrong it, it shocks people to the core so you have this guy, Just con- I just consider him the most, and I'm saying a fanatical in a loose way. This is the one guy that says, this is not the way shit should be. Yeah, This goddess needs to be in her place, and shit needs to work the way it should, because this is what we have been doing. This, this is, is, what this is the way the world was designed to work. Exactly. So, yeah, you could totally sympathize And you that. end up having the exact same thing happen in the next game, Lunar 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main characters, I guess the character that takes Luna's place, which is, uh, um, what is her name? Oh my God. Lucia. Lucia comes back and finds out that all this has happened. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, hell no. <laughs> She's basically Althena's sister. Mm-hmm. And she goes, You, you released all your power into the world just mm-hmm. to let humans do their own thing? No. No, humans are stupid. Yep. We we don't allow that. So mm. she comes from the blue star where she's using her magic to try to heal the blue star. 
and comes to find out her sister has basically suicided and relieved, you know, let herself become mortal and grow old and die Mm -hmm. on this other planet while releasing her power slowly into the the world of Lunar. And she goes, this is, this is not how this was ever supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So, oh man, it's a, it's a huge, huge thing. I like that. You know, and you see it, you know, you see that lesson get learned one more time. And it's actually Galleon that teaches it in the second game. Mm-hmm. As that, like I said, he does get a redemption in the end. He comes back and he basically shows the original hero what the power of humanity actually is. Mm-hmm. And it's the power to overcome. Uh, the magic doesn't come from a source. The magic is created inside of the people. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So... When they, when they're all devoid of magic, he basically beats them until, you know, he, he had been kind of fighting them over time in the entire second game. And he comes up in the final, the final hour when it looks like the main villain is won by sapping their magical abilities. He comes up and says, you can't beat me. (laughs) And they go, we can beat you. And he goes, oh, you can. (laughs) Well, then do it. Yeah. And when they beat him, he goes, good. Yep good yep and they go oh oh snap and it kind of yeah. clicks yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. great villain great story recommend you play the game i'm not i'm not gonna spoil the rest of it because yeah. there's a whole lot of other things that go on in that game but as far as that villain's development goes oh man it's one, of the, one of the best would you be mad at me if i played lunar one and two before i played baldor and valkyrie chronicles no <laughs> oh man I gotta say, I, like I said, I played Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, but this was back in, we're talking 95. Oh yeah, it's, it is as generic an RPG as you yes. can get. I gathered that when I played it back in the day, but the more I hear you, 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 you are, I think you and I have this ability. We can sell a game. Yeah. You have sold Lunar to me several times. <laughs> and I know you think you spoiled a lot, but I ain't got a memory. I'll forget half of it anyway, but definitely, definitely. It's, a, it's one thing for me to tell it. It's another thing to see it happen. Yeah. So another villain that we can sympathize with, and it, this 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 plays a lot into this. At the last minute, things change, and this is a big one. And I I'm gonna try my best to get all this story right. But uh, and spoiler warning, I shouldn't have to say that for every game, but I'm gonna try to. Uh, Final Fantasy 12. Now Whoa. you haven't you haven't played this. But again, it has such a good story. Every, pretty much every character has their own like, oh shit moment. And the villain, I'm going to quote that real quick that I'm going to talk about in this one is the, not the main villain, not Vane, because fuck Vane. Vane was the, was the bad guy. I'm going to talk about Gabranth. Yeah. And again, I got to take a breath for this because you got to bear with me. I, I really want to try to do this one right in justice because it is so, so good. Uh, you said you're never going to play this. Oh. Uh, also, for those that were very curious about uh, our little bet we had recently, because Adam has has shown me time and time and time again that he just refuses to play another Final Fantasy game. It's, it's, you guys can try to sell him on a game. Go for it. But I tell you now, if I can't, you got your challenge made for you. But you said you'd rather not play Final Fantasy XII. I would rather not. So mine is still Xenogears. I'm going to go through the entirety of Xenogears. And I've still got... we still got time. I think we made this back in October of last year. So i still got time. 
Uh, I have since put it on him to play all of it, the Soul Reaver series. That Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, and Defiance. That will give you the entire story of those games. And I've shown him a couple cutscenes. This is totally off-tangent, I'm sorry. But, if again, another series that if you haven't played this, just for the fucking story... The narration in the Reaver Soul Reaver games are awesome. Oh yeah, there is so much intrigue and backstabbing. Yeah, I played I played Soul Reaver. You back are in the day. constantly trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with Kane. You're constantly trying to figure out what's going on with Raziel and Mobius and the God and all the. Why was this person killed? Why was this vampire killed? Why was this person saved? Why the fuck was this person allowed to live? Who killed this brother? It's it all fits in, and it's all wrapped up at the end of defiance, and it's it's fucking poetic how good this story is. Um, so he said he doesn't want to play Final Fantasy twelve, so he don't he doesn't mind me spoiling things for him. So I'm gonna spoil things for the game and for him too. Should be okay. At the beginning of this game, it is known that there is a king and he has a guard and etc. etc. You find out at the beginning of the game that the king gets killed by what you assume is his like his guard, his his mm-hmm. right hand man. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And one of the sole witnesses there that sees it, well, he didn't see the murder happen, but he gets the idea this is what happened, he gets killed. So the witness is out of the picture. Yeah. So this one guy, this quote unquote nobleman, has been labeled a trees a treacherous murderer, and he's strung up in a dungeon. Well, he's in a dungeon cell, but he's like left to fucking die, left to rot. Damn. You find out throughout the course of the story that it wasn't him, and of course he says it all the time. Everybody, ever, ever, especially uh, the. In a few moments where the character actually has some good gravitas to him, you're sort of lead character, quote-unquote, the game, finds him, and he's like, you killed, you got my brother killed. Like, I know you're a, you're nothing but a traitor. You're a fucking, you're bad. And he's you're like, a- I didn't do it. He's like, yeah, it's what you would say. You know, you fuck you, you're a traitor. Come to find out, he didn't do it. He had a twin brother, and his twin brother is actually in the Empire. His twin brother did it for a reason. So automatically, from the gate, you've got this brother, Layla's a bad guy. Real bad guy. Killed an emperor. Killed a king. Killed like a a very young soldier just because he was there seeing it happen. So everybody hates this guy. Okay. Fast forward through the story and forgive me. I'm, I'm blowing over a lot of key plot points to try to paint this end story for you. Okay. There comes a scene where the next king is murdered. This, the, the new king is apparently poisoned. Uh, the king has this royal guard underneath him called, uh, the Judge Magisters. They, they're the ones that wear the really cool armor in 12. They're the, the top tier, the, the best magic user, the best sword user, the best lance user, etc. They are the bad asses. Like when you call, when a judge gets called to the scene, you shit's about to get wrecked. Yeah. Well, they're like, oh shit, the emperor has been slain. Call the judges in because we got to figure out what's going on. So they show up. And it's, you have these two characters underneath the emperor. He has two sons. He has one son named Vane Solidor. Vane Solidor is, I kind of equate him to, uh, Kefka. 
He's not crazy, mind you, but you can't really pinpoint a reason why he is the way he is. He's just like, I'm going to get power and I'm going to fucking rule everything. I'm just going to amass all the power I can. He has he has another son, which is Vane's younger brother named Larsa. Larsa's very young. He's like, I don't know, like 16, 17 years old. But he has a noble sense of about him. He has a heart. He's a, He's the kind one. Yeah. Larson knows Vane because it's his brother, and he's like, we can't, he, he's bad. Like, you can't let him take the throne because he is bad. He's going to fuck some shit we up. We have got to stop him. This guy gets a hold of it. It's yeah. over. So, uh, un- behind the scenes, because every, nobody really pays attention to to, uh, to the young brother because he's young, He's trying to lay out, he's trying to put out little fingers and little pies here and there, trying to basically pull the rug from underneath Vane's feet. He doesn't think Vane knows this. Vane knows this. And everybody around him, all the judges know this too. So everybody in that little troop, except the emperor and, and the little brother himself, they're all going to try to kill him eventually. They're all going to be against him, especially if Vane ever takes power. So boom, the emperor gets killed. The next in line, right that minute, is Vane. So the judges show up. The emperor's dead in, in his throne. Vane's there, and he's like, "Yep, look at this. The emperor's dead. Apparently, he was poisoned by by one of these like people in his court." And they're like, "The why the fuck would we betray him? Like he's our he's our liege. We wouldn't do this." And he's like, "Yeah, take him to the dungeon. Have him killed." And he's like, well, you understand now that this means that, uh, I get, that I'm the emperor now. And every judge there is like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you saw in our early, and this is why I'm, again, I'm sorry I said I was sorry for skipping over parts. There's a scene where you see, uh, Gabranth, which is that bad brother, the mm-hmm. one that killed the king, the first king. He's walking down a hallway with the only female judge in that court. And they're like, talking when people are walking by but when there's nobody around they're like you know we have to protect larsa and gabranth is like yes i know it's like it's, she's like you know it's just me and you you know if 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 anything we we may have to be the ones to kill vane because you know we we can't let that little boy die like vane's gonna take over the world if he if he, and he's like yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right well so me and you got a pack you understand that those two have a pact yeah that at a minimum we are here to, if we, we got to get this shit done, we got to kill the judges if need be, and we got to kill Vane. So you're cool. You're cool. Emperor gets killed. They haul off this Joe Blow nobody who got framed for a poisoning, and Vane's like, yep, so I'm the emperor now. So uh, some things are about to change. And that female judge loses her shit. She's like, uh, no. I know what happened here. This, this wasn't a, this, you fucking did this, Vane. And Vane's like, oh, really? Well, I mean, what are you going to do about it? And she was like, I, she's like, I, he's like, I see that this is a treason amongst his people. And she's like, no, I see the treason. I see the snake coiled before me and it's you. And she draws a sword and goes to go slash at Vane. And another judge steps in and says, you don't understand. It wasn't, it wasn't like divine right that made Vane a king. It was the very law that you serve. Do you understand what you just did? Because you just raised the sword at the emperor, now vain. You just raised your sword at the law. 
which means you are subject to being killed. Just I'd like be you. like, that's the, like the shittiest fucking excuse I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, but see, but you you have to understand yeah, all. The I'm judges, serving the previous. All the judges are under his his. He's got him brain. He's got him brainwashed. He's like, hey, if you when I take power. I he has this power that I'm not going to go into that he's tapping into. He uh-huh. has this ancient lore type power that apparently an emperor once he's emperor he has more keys to. Uh-huh. He's like, if you guys help me get this power, you'll be in my direct court and you'll be more powerful. I'll let you have this power. And they're like, yeah, yeah. It's only Gabranth and that uh, and and Drace, that female judge, who are like, we don't fucking care about that. We don't want him to die. We don't want Larsa to be killed because you're bullshit. So she steps in, tries to kill him. A judge steps in and is like, nah, you ain't killing my emperor because I'm on his side. And then Gabranth steps up and he's like, he's like, Vane, please spare mercy. Don't have her killed. And he's like, oh, look, look at you trying to step up and save somebody. He goes, I remember when my father was alive, you were going behind my back talking about all the bad things you said I've been doing. The emperor's dead now. So now I bring it to your table. Are you going to serve me? or not so the weight of this scene alone you have this girl the only one of this of this court that said i will stand up to vain right now the only person that would do that and then somebody stepped up to save her and vain was like i'm pulling my car now yep. you either serve me or you're gonna die well, i mean why didn't he just slash him right there because he would have got he, he could have tried but he would have been cut down by the judges right before here's the thing if they if 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 Drace would have killed Vane, the judges would have killed her, which in turn means eventually they would have killed Larsa because they would have went after the power themselves. Well, no, because now Larsa is the next in throne. So he's, he's a the little emperor, boy, but he's, he's the emperor. But he he's not a little boy. They were loyal to Vane. All they weren't loyal to him. Oh, so it's just a room full of assholes. Yeah, it, exactly. Okay. So so she gets cut down, and Vane's like. Killer or you're a treason and I'll kill you. And in his head, the way that the way that they paint this is Gabranth knows. He knows if I try to go kill Vane, I'm gonna die, which means that it that Drace is gonna die behind me and then Lars is dead anyway. If I don't kill Drace, they're gonna kill me. They're still gonna kill Drace, they're gonna kill Lars and Lars. He knows no matter what he does, he has to do this. The poetic thing about it is not only that, Drace realizes that too. And she's like, I understand you got to do it. Just make it quick. And right when she goes to die, she's like, whatever you do, protect Larsa. So you have this on your head. You now know that in this court of all these bad guys, even his own brother, the only person out there for Larsa's good goodwill is Gabranth. Gabranth has tried his best to play this whole like, he, he gets a little tainted by the power. He gets a little power hungry too. So you think, okay? So Uh you think. So he runs Drace through, and you're like, well, God, and he's, the people are probably thinking the same thing you were, like, you didn't have to kill her. You could have done something and all this, but it's still adding weight to that, man, Gabranth is not a good guy. You, you still have it in your head that Gabranth is just, he's just not a good guy. Fast forward to his climax, just his climax. This is where the sympathetic stuff comes in. There comes a point where this, where the princess has a choice. She can either take this grand power that can thwart Vane's evil power, but it might corrupt her. It might make her supremely powerful beyond judgment. It might be, it's like, almost like calling a god's power. 
Yeah. Or she can say, I don't need that power. I'll do it myself. Gabrant steps up to the scene right when she's making that decision. And he's like, think of all the shit the Empire's done to you. They killed your father. I'm the one who killed your father. I got your, I'm got this person killed. This happened. You need to take that power. You need to take that power. Maybe you can handle me. Maybe you'll be able to take out Vane. But if you don't, if you don't, you're going to try to do this on your own. You're going to fail. And he he keeps pushing her. He's trying to push her to get this ultimate power so she can basically bitch slap Vane. Yeah. He's like, if you do this, he's thinking in his head, if you do this, you can end all this. But if you don't, you're going to leave the end to chance. You're going to leave it to hopefully you and your companions are going to be able to finish this for you. Yeah. So he's like, please, by all means, take that he's power. Like, Try to strike me down with it. But what he's really saying is, please take the power because you can stop this. So they decide to not take the power. And he's like, well, God damn it. Fuck it then. Then I will kill you then because you're stupid. And then, it'll, then he doesn't say it. But what he's saying is, it'll, it just leaves me then. If I take you guys out, it'll leave me and I'll fucking kill, I'll kill Vane myself. So you fight him, you fight him, you go through all this shit, you finally strike him down, and you still have this in your head. They play Gabranth so hard to be this bad guy right before he's about to die. Right before he's about to end life. He's like, whatever you do, protect Larsa. And it's right then you realize the only thing he was doing he was in this whole fucking game to protect Larsa. He wasn't a bad... He did some bad shit. Oh, he did a lot of bad things. But he had an empire and one little boy's best interest in mind. And it's... Oh, man. And that was a very fast... Again, I, did, I didn't put all the points in it. The story plays very well. The story is like a big book. And it, it mm-hmm. plays out so well. Sounds pretty cool. But it, it's one of those... If it wasn't instances, a Final Fantasy, I'd probably play it. I know. It's one of those instances, like I'm sweating getting so energetic telling the story because it was so good. It's one of those ones where you're like, you're a bad guy. It's, you're a bad guy. You're a bad guy. You're, oh shit. Oh man, you were, you were, you were a double agent basically. You were there to fight the good fight. Oh man, you did do some bad shit, but really, really tragic. Really, really well done. Man. What about you? You got one? All right. Let's go with Ramses. Ramses. From Xenogears. All right. I will definitely let you take the helm Zeno, on this one. Xenogears. <laughs> and don't fear about spoiling it. Again, oh, God. Here comes the spoilers for Xenogears. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He's about to spoil I'm probably about 15 to, minutes. I'm about those 60 I'm, hours, you're not going to remember it. <laughs> I'm going to spoil a major plot point from Xenogears. Okay. But... It's about one tenth. No, I'd say one, maybe five percent of the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they have this thing called the contact. Okay. Okay. And what the contact is, is a, okay. No, let me start from the beginning. <laughs> I've already, I've already <laughs> fucked up and started too far in. All right. I will totally, and I hope the audience will too, give you a total, it's okay, Adam, we right. understand. So. <laughs> you need a spreadsheet. Right. For, oh, God, he's standing up. I'm standing up. Here we go. <laughs> you All need right, so, a spreadsheet for this game. I'm shit you I can, I can boil this down. Super simple. Okay. All right. 
A ship is hurling through space. It's got an experimental weapon on it. Okay. Okay. This weapon is sentient. It's godlike. It can reproduce itself. It can reproduce, you know, other beings. It's a a giant planet destroying weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay. It begins as giant planet destroying weapons do to take over the ship. Mm-hmm. And this is the opening cinematic of Xenogears. Yeah. As it begins to take over the ship, the captain goes, nah, nah, bruh, and decides to basically blow the fucking ship up because mm-hmm. the people were jumping out in the space cods and it turned the ship's guns at the escape pods. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it blows the ship up. Mm-hmm. Well, simultaneously, you had this very little boy who just happens to look exactly like the protagonist of the game. Coincidence? Maybe not. Maybe not. He <clears throat> walks up and he looks at this giant, giant, uh, obelisk looking thing. It's golden. Mm-hmm. And he walks up to it and he touches it. He makes contact with it. Mm-hmm. Well, inside this giant thing, which produces a shit ton of energy, is a wave existence. A wave existence. Which is basically a interdimensional being which is godlike. So you right now you have two different godlike beings. You have this weapon that has gained sentience and has the ability <laughs> to reproduce and do all these other crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And you have this interdimensional being which was trapped in this obelisk that's just supplying power to every fucking thing. I'm tracking. I'm okay. Tracking. This little boy touches that. Okay. So obviously when they <clears throat> the captain destroys the ship mm-hmm. he hits the self-destruct three things survive the crash the weapon obviously mm-hmm. is not going to fucking get killed so it falls down to the planet below mm-hmm. the modifier the the zofar modifier which is that obelisk thing that the wave existence was trapped into mm-hmm. it falls and survives the crash along with the wave existence still trapped inside of it. Mm-hmm. And the little boy is saved by the wave existence who now knows this is my fucking way out of this goddamn obelisk. Right. I've met a person on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. He survives. Well, you have, and this is, oh, God, going way off into Xenogears territory here. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try not to tell the whole fucking story. Right, right, right. Um, so... The weapon realizes that it needs to get the fuck off this planet. Mm-hmm. And it creates people. All the people. All the people. Mm-hmm. Um, the contact, or the contact, which was the little boy, his name was Abel. He was just a little boy. He's like six fucking years old. Mm-hmm. He can't survive on his own. Right. So the wave existence wills a person into existence to protect him and to guide him and to be with him. Mm-hmm. And that's Ellie. Okay. Ellium. She goes by 20 different names. Right. But those two get reborn over and over and over again to work for the wave existences. They don't know it. It's unbeknownst to them. Mm-hmm. But they are constantly, and they are, they have a bit of the wave existence's essence in them. Okay. So when you measure their, when later on in the game you find out they measured their abilities mm-hmm. and they are completely off the scale mm-hmm. as far as power, um, which we go on to talk about later. Yeah. 
these per those two people are called the contact and the mother. That's that's the little boy and Ellie. Yes. Okay. All right. The giant death machine or the sentient fucking weapon, his name is Deus. Mm-hmm. It needs to fucking do shit too, so it creates people, a mm-hmm. shit ton of people. Right. All the people. So the the Zophar modifier thing created people. And then the weapon the, also created The Zophar modifier only made two people. Okay, okay. Um, the weapon is what created people. Created that's all the, thing, the rest. It basically that's the thing that's trying to get off the planet. It's just trying to get the fuck off the planet. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it created an entire race of people mm-hmm. to grow and farm and later be harvested. Uh, so it create it also created a couple of special people. Okay, it created the emperor... Who was, who <clears throat> kills the first Abel and Ellie mm-hmm. in the desert. Um, there's some little flashback scenes to that. And he also creates Mang, which is a purple haired chick. And she's constantly reborn throughout time. Okay. The Emperor cannot die. It takes a special, it, only the contact is capable of killing the Emperor. So Just because the he's boy, the only one that's got the power to do it. Right. So the little boy and Ellie, they always get reincarnated, Reborn. basically. Reincarnated the together. The purple-haired girl also gets, gets reincarnated. Re- she gets reincarnated instantly. Okay. Instantly. As soon as the one dies, another female, any female human, has the potential to become Mang. They just turn Mang. They, gotcha. they, her turn's purple, and, and the instant this one loses consciousness, it wakes up knowing everything the other one did gotcha. in another body. And the Emperor just can't die. Just the Emperor die. is... So powerful that he can't be killed. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Still tracking. They know this shit. They they create countries. They create another giant country called uh, Solaris to watch over this place. Mm -hmm. And Solaris is really technologically advanced. Okay. I'm fast forwarding a lot in the story. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. The end result of this is that. A couple of things are happening. Mm-hmm. One, Mang is involved, and Mang need Mang is working directly for Deus, the giant weapon thing, right. to destroy or to get the world to the right spot to where it can ha- it has enough technology to set the events into motion for the machine to to rise again and right. basically get its fucking way off the planet. Mm-hmm. There's also some political intrigue. In the meantime, she's made some friends, and they want to get rid of the Emperor because the Emperor is no longer serving the interests of Deus. Right. But no one has the power to kill him. Right. Um, they also need to... Um, you also have the contact, which they have discovered, and they realize is now a fucking thing after thousands of years of cycles. Mm-hmm. They have discovered the contact exists, and he has a shit ton of power. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they discovered Elium exists, and she has a shit ton of power. So they decide to create an artificial contact. And they have the science to damn near do it. Now, why are they creating the artificial contact? So they can kill the Emperor. Ah, uh, okay. Because they don't think they can get the contact to do it. They can't get the actual contact to do They're it. They're going to copy it. And, okay, gotcha. Tracking. They copy it, brainwash it, get it to do its bidding. Gotcha. So, they're making this thing, and it's in, like, a fetus form. Mm -hmm. It's in a jar. Mm -hmm. 
And they're like, yeah, my little fucking creation, blah, 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 blah. This one guy figured out how to make himself immortal Mm -hmm. in the middle of all this shit. (laughs) And he he was such a great scientist, but he figured out how to make himself immortal. And he's hanging out with Mang. And he's like, I'll help you. I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Really? I mean, I just, I don't, I don't want to deal with this bullshit. Yeah. Um. So he's like, I'll, I'll help you kill the emperor. Um, he's build, he's building the little thing and Mang up and fucking dies. Wow. And gets reborn mm. into Faye's mother. Faye's mother. Faye's mother. The What's main, Faye's mother, Adam? Faye's mother is the mother of the main character of Xenogears. Oh, not phase like phase one, phase two, Fei Wong, Fei Fong Wong as the character of Xenogears. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now here's some really important shit. Woo! I almost lost it, but I picked it back up. Okay. So she goes, You'll never fuck. He goes, He, she walks no, in. You'll she, never fuck. Fei's like, I'm just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ram, or not Ramses, um, Krillian, that scientist guy who's making the fetus, the fake contact fetus, mm-hmm. he's sitting there working on it, and Mang walks back in as a different woman. Wow. Because she died. He says, you must have died. Mm-hmm. And she says, yes. But more importantly, guess what the fuck I found? And he goes, what? And she goes, my son is the contact. Oh, Jesus. And oh, wow. and. And he goes, oh, well, we can just throw this trash away then. <laughs> and the thing is, the fetus thing is fully sentient mm-hmm. and knows, it's like, I'm not trash. Yeah. And she's like, no, keep it. We may need it later. Yeah. And he's like, he's like well, okay, whatever. It's still garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, okay, so that's cool. So this is Ramses, that fetus thing. Mm-hmm. He grows up his entire life. Being told that he's fucking useless oh, because they've already gained all the information mm. and the data they needed off of the contact to get to try to kill the emperor. I just want to give you a little bravo for Xenogear's story. That was very good tracking all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> this poor bastard, he grows up knowing that the contact exists, knowing that he's a fake contact. And knowing that his entire existence is invalidated by this contact's existence and he mm. wants to kill it. He wants to kill it so bad. He wants to. He's like, I've got to kill this motherfucker. Well, he yep. finds out phase the contact, and he comes at you hell bent on mm-hmm. destruction. And he, the first time he runs into Faye and finds out he's the contact, Faye turns into Id. Now, Id is what happened when Faye's mother turned into Mang and decided to experiment on her little bitty baby boy horrible ruthless experiments and so Faye being a child decided to block out different parts of his fucking consciousness right right this is normal, a normal human thing you go he, through tra- trauma you he block would, it out he would go into the id mode whenever he was being tortured mm-hmm. and he would go into he would revert back to his Faye mode whenever he was not being tortured right so <clears throat> He basically just sat there and got tortured and tortured and tortured and tortured and tortured and tortured. And And then something happened, knocked him out, and the fake consciousness took over. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this consciousness had no recollection. It was actually a third consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, It took back over and 
or it didn't take back over. It was created anew, and you wake up as this character in the main game. Okay. Well, the first time you run into Ramses in the main game, he immediately realizes that this is the fucking contact because nothing else would have this kind of power. Right. And you immediately rip the fucking arm off his mech and beat him with it. And he goes, no, and he gets carried away. He's like, so he's like being told he was trash his entire life. And the first time he, first time he meets the contact, the contact beats the brakes off of him. So he is trash. And then everybody starts laughing at him and Mm -hmm. calling him basically a chump. Mm -hmm. And so he's just, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Every time you see this guy, he goes, he goes from being like this cool, calm, collected leader. This guy that knows exactly what's going on and how to work. He named, he's this massive, like, special forces commander, you think. You're like, man, this guy's, he's like a Captain Price type character. He walks in, he gets the job done. He's not to be messed with. Mm-hmm. Until he meets Faye. Mm-hmm. And then his shit comes unglued. Mm-hmm. He, you watch this character slowly unravel throughout the game. Wow. <clears throat> That's cool. So, do I feel for him? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. I can. I feel a lot of sympathy for a person that had to go through that. That was their life. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Where yeah. you just you you find out what you are, or figure out what you are. You, you think you're in the grand scheme of things. You don't mean nothing, and they keep having it pushed at you again and again and again. Yeah, that's tragic. He does, however, fulfill his purpose. He does eventually kill the Emperor. It is him that kills the Emperor. Good. So he is justified. And he's validated. Validated. There we go. Better word. I think the next villain we're going to talk about, (laughs) this may be a controversial one, but it fits into that. He finds out about himself, figures out what's going on, and all the shit, shit turns sideways. Let's talk about Sephiroth. Oh, God. From Final Fantasy VII. Here we go. Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII is arguably one of the most well-known villains ever created. And also one of the most misunderstood. I think Sephiroth is one of the most evil villains ever created. Nope. And was horrible. Sephiroth did nothing wrong, damn it. Bloodthirsty, evil, maniacal. Just wanted to see the world burn. Absolutely not. Then why don't you tell us why not? Alright. As you've... As you've stated, he did a couple of bad things. Well, for Final Fantasy VII, we're going to tell you. He did, he did a couple of bad things. Okay. But, uh, none of those were anything, none of those had anything to do with fucking the events of Final Fantasy VII. This is what happened. Sephiroth, created by injecting Genova cells into a pregnant woman's womb, mm-hmm. is, you know, basically raised by an evil motherfucker to become you know, a super soldier. Mm-hmm. He goes around doing his super soldier thing, thinking mm-hmm. he's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he finds out that, you know, he was actually fucking made and made from this monster thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, oh, fuck this. Fuck my whole life. Mm-hmm. And he burns this one town to the ground in rage. That was the only thing he did wrong. He was mentally disturbed and he goes, oh man. And he loses his shit. Well, he immediately pays for it because Cloud comes up there and says, I'm a badass, and fucking like swings him around by his sword that he's impaled by, mm-hmm. flings him into the make, into the live stream. 
where he is sucked in. Where he is sucked in, crystallized, and held for the entirety of the rest of Final Fantasy VII. Every other instance of Sephiroth in this game is not him. So, it is a goddamn Genova clone. But all those clones. They may have done some bad stuff, but that wasn't him. But they were manipulated. They were Genova. Genova was evil. They were Sephiroth was fine. Sephiroth was just chilling out in the crater. Oh he was just chilling out there, okay, in his, little, look out. in his little fucking crater thing, and he finally wakes up, and Cloud's there like, I'm going to kick your ass again. He's like, oh, nah, man. <laughs> I spent the last couple years in this fucking thing after you threw me in. Surely you're over this shit by now. So, and then he's like, oh, God, I'm turning into a monster, and Cloud beats him up, and then he's like, oh, God, I'm back to normal. Thank you for saving me. And fucking Cloud army slashes him and kills him. The end. <laughs> Rip Sephiroth. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Time That's out. it. That's it. No, He no. did nothing wrong. The clones that were giving him all that hassle, they were manipulated by Sephiroth. No. They were manipulated by what? They were Genova. Okay. Doing their Genova shit. So Genova wanted to destroy me, the planet. You're telling me Sephiroth did nothing wrong. Did nothing wrong. You're telling me that his whole shit at the end was just self-defense. Yep. He woke up and was like, man, what the I'm fuck? awake. Fuck you, sir. Oh, 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 hell no. And he defended himself. Basically. (laughs) Sephiroth is the most sympathetic, most understood villain ever. That's correct. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) For those who didn't know that about Sephiroth, now you do. Now you do. (laughs) So let's, 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 in the same beat, let's talk about Shinra. Okay. Okay. What do you think when you think Shinra? Tell, tell me some of Shinra's misdeeds. Uh, power and hungry, hung, money hungry. Like any corporation. other corporation. Yeah. So they're basically a corporation that provides power to homeless people by sucking the life energy from the world, like Exxon Valdez. That's replenishable. Yeah, apparently it's super replenishable. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking planet sucks. They're just trying to live on it and have TV. Are you and they're trying to, trying to tell they're me. trying to like promote fucking space programs and shit. <laughs> Are you seriously? Provoke? Yeah, you're trying to they're trying to advance Shinra's humanity. Okay. There may be a couple rotten apples in Shinra, but for the most part, it's in fine, upstanding company. <laughs> oh my god! It's fucking. It's all about like it's got private security forces to keep people safe from crime. You don't hear about fucking, you know, you may be like, fuck Shinra, it's destroying the planet. But, you know, the person who got her, per, her purse snatched and Shinra soldier, you know, goes and retrieves it. That Shinra's not so bad to her, is it? So even though the game paints Shinra as this dark, seedy, bad company, they're just another company. They're just they're any just other company. company. They're just a company. They have their flaws and their upsides. But I say the good outweighs the bad. How many people were saved by Shinra's medical technology? Uh, I know one very important one that wasn't. Yep. Oh, rest in peace, Eris. Rip. <laughs> she, but it actually, as a live stream failed her. That is true. So really, the, so really, the live, <laughs> live stream, stream is the, the true enemy of live Final stream Fantasy. was the <laughs> live stream is the true villain of Final Fantasy VII. Oh my God! Confirmed. You heard it here first, folks. Genova was an alien organism yep. from another planet. Wasn't it? it was also kind of bad. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Oh, like, it was. Oh, so, but comparing the two, who was the more evil, the live stream or the or Genova? 
I don't know. Livestream was trying to eradicate all fucking like civilized life on the planet in response. It was the one that activated the weapons. It went around just indiscriminately attacking population the centers. That, now look, now just like you're talking about the the that Shinra was just doing things for a corporate means. The live stream had just developed the weapons as a self defense mechanism. Uh huh. And it was only concerned with itself. Yes. It did not want to. I mean, it's going around. And think about how many women and children died when that weapon blew up that giant <laughs> section of Midgar. Okay. So really, so another point to take away from Final Fantasy VII is that if you're tearing the enemies, Sephiroth is really, really way at the bottom. Yeah, way, ah! way at the bottom. The most iconic villain in RPG history, arguably, was is one of the He's no, most not Snow villains. White innocent victim. <laughs> Sephiroth did nothing wrong. Think about that for a while, folks. Think whatsoever for a while <laughs> who's next <laughs> moving on uh since we're talking about these talking about these gray lines about a villain uh-huh. i'm gonna talk about the goddess from breath of fire 3 uh-huh. yeah now i know you didn't play this one it's nope. another good classic rpg you should definitely try it i the played arts. up until you cut the wood the art <laughs> style <laughs> the wood was the main villain. Oh, good God. The art style, the battle system, very good RPG. If you haven't played any Breath of Fire, I'd say try one, two, or three, or four. I'd recommend three. That's my pick. Um, This was the last boss of the game, so to speak. This was the top antagonist of the game. But here's the thing. The goddess of Breath of Fire 3 had realized what humanity was becoming and realized that humanity had stagnated. It was seeing the typical shit like war amongst itself. It, was, it wasn't it was seeing progression. So it was basically slowly rotting and killing the world to start over. Another, another goddess that has decided that humanity isn't reaching its full potential. Yeah. But this one takes a different path, I'm yeah. assuming. So... All this goddess wanted to do was like, look, I'm just out, I'm just out for mankind. I just want you guys to do better. So I'm wiping the slate clean. Now, the wiping the slate clean is the part where everybody goes, oh, wait, wait, wait one sec. I'm, 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 I take kind of a little issue with this. We might, <laughs> might want to rethink this just a little bit. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Ramses, don't kill things. Yes, Gabroth, don't kill the king. Yes, goddess, don't genocide humanity. <laughs> <laughs> like the live stream. That that's just that that's just a little throwaway fun one. That's one where you have to go, yeah, still bad, but hey, only had the best intentions. But let's go into a more serious one. As we all know, some of the worst things in life were done with the best intentions. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the worst things in life. Period. Okay. How can you defend? How how can you sympathize with a man who burns entire villages to the ground? A man who slaughters people for fun was it women and children as women well? children anything You're talking about one person who just kills everyone and everyone but not just like i'm gonna drop a bomb or i'm gonna fire off some magic a person that literally walks up and slaughters them with his own sword wow uh you can't wow you can't you can't sympathize with a person like that no. let me introduce you to luca what. blight oh shit 
This man, Luca Blight from Sweet Coden. If there was you ever, better a, believe some spoilers are coming for Sweet Coden too. Oh man, if you ever wanted to know how a motherfucker could fall, this I'm about to tell you right now. Tell us the story of Luca Blight and his fall. This man, as a young child, his mother was attacked by two people from the city state of Jowston. Mm-hmm. He was. She was brutally raped right in front of him and killed. His father was there and ran the fuck off like a coward. Wow. He vowed to never be like that. Wow. His sister was a product of that rape. Whoa. Okay. So, I, I kind of I kind of messed that up a little bit earlier. She she wasn't killed during the rape. Mm-hmm. She killed herself there afterwards. Right. She just couldn't live with herself. Yeah. Um. So her his sister, looking nothing like him. Mm-hmm. You know, he just every day he's growing up. He's he looks at the lack of a mother that he has. Mm-hmm. And he looks at his sister and realizes what happened mm-hmm. and what they did to him. Yep. And he trains and he becomes this ultra motherfucking badass. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking kills his dad takes the throne and wages all out no holes barred war on the entire country yep he's like i'm gonna kill you down to the last man yep so this is what happens when you have a tragic tale of somebody that says i fucking got you i got you you wait because oh, when yeah. I get up there and that fucking moment hits and I have the ability, I'm glass planet. I'm doing everything I can to waylay every single person. Oh, yeah. You will all pay. Not just the rapists. Not just the people that I have were to around. kill all of you. Mm-hmm. All of you. None of you can exist any longer. Yep. To To reclaim what you stole from me. And for reference, for those that have stuck through the spoilers, shame on you, but those who don't know or if you've forgotten, this shit is fleshed out in the game. Oh, yeah. You get to see this stuff sometimes. You get to hear about it. This this man's, and I'm saying, his, his notoriety is well known. Well known in this game. Oh, yeah. This this guy is a mad dog. Mm-hmm. He is complete. You can tell just from... Any interaction this character ever has, that he is batshit insane. Yep. He only had, there's only one person on this earth that he won't straight murder, mm-hmm. and that's his sister. Yep. Who he is, he's like, she is the only innocent party in this. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Story. Such a good story. Who's next? Uh, I guess I could take, uh, you know what? It's kind of hard to pick one specific one, but I guess I'll talk about some Souls characters. Okay. Uh, and almost, th- there are several bosses and several NPCs in Dark Souls. Dark Souls has several stories, several spider webs of tales woven together. And the more that you study this story, the more that you look into the lore, the more you follow the tracks that this game leaves for you, the breadcrumbs you follow, you find out a lot of these characters are very tragic. Severely tragic. 
you find characters that are just basically guards for things going wrong. You find people that were pretty much innocent bystanders of shit happening. Um, I wish I could specify. I, I I would personally like to go back and read some more lore. I, I could have did that before the episode. I just didn't have time. But uh, a, a, a one that comes off the top of my head is uh, is uh, Seif, the wolf that you fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you approach him in his area, there, there's a gigantic sword. It's like a grave, basically. And Seif shows up. Seif is just there to protect his master's grave. That's all he's there for. But there's more. There's more story about Artorius himself. There's there's stories about Artorius being the knight that's like the last fucking bastion of hope to defend against uh, uh, Manus, I believe is his name. Uh, he's the the last guy that's like, you know what? If I gotta turn evil to make sure people don't come here, I will fucking kill people to make sure this doesn't happen again. Just that kind of story. Um. I wish I could be more specific. I truly am sorry, but I challenge anybody out there that's ever played the Souls games and kind of just way, just kind of am eh, about the storyline. Go read up on it. There are so many characters that just they're victims of betrayal. They're victims of circum. They're victim of the bullshit that the king put everybody through. Oh yeah. Uh, there, it's it's full of tra- the main character story is tragedy. The king's character was tragedy. It all revolves around somber story. And really, the game is designed that way. There's a dark tone to it. The music themes, except for the boss battles, of course. It's all very mellow and somber. That's because Dark Souls' story as a whole, very tragic. So, I just figured I'd talk about that one. Just check out any lore you can. I know uh, Epic Name Bro does a really great job of summarizing stories and and, and making these pieces fit. Okay. You could almost pick, you could throw a stone in any one of those bosses and find some tragic story. Like, I think even even crazy ones, like, I, I probably got this wrong, but uh, the, the, the gaping dragon, remember the one you fight that's really fucking big and it has mm-hmm. all the fucking teeth at the, at the front of it? Apparently it's that way because it was thrown into this air, this place where he could not have food, but he was immortal, and his hunger just grew and grew and grew until he just, Kept creating a mouth. It's, it's oh god! All kind of crazy stuff. Very, yeah. The theme for Dark Souls in general is tragedy. It really is. All right, let's take another one. Um, how about we go with the brother in Fable Three? Oh shit! All right, Deep. Fable Fable Three starts out. In a very precarious situation, you end up with, uh, you as the main character meet your friend, mm-hmm. who is this chick, and she is apparently accused of, like, some minor crime, okay? Your brother is the king, and he, you know, he's talking to you, and you you kind of get the the feeling this guy's like an asshole, mm-hmm. okay? He's kind of He's kind of a dick. And he walks up, and he goes, you know, I'm going to have to teach you about responsibility. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you have your, your friend here who is, you know, accused of this crime. And then you have this group of peasants who is a group accused of this crime. Mm-hmm. Well, the penalty is death. Who's going to take the penalty? Oh, shit. And you're immediately faced with the choice of do you save your friend or do you save these 
faceless peasants. Mm-hmm. And the story goes on from there. You end up seeing, you know, he's got like children working in factories. He's he's done all kinds of horrible things to people mm-hmm. all throughout the world. This entire kingdom is just pissed the fuck off at him. Mm-hmm. And the entire first half of the game is you going around seeing all the horrible shit he's done. Just adding more fuel to your fire. And, and you're just, fire you're just like, like him. I've got to overthrow this son of a bitch. Yeah. So you finally get to where you, you know, overthrow him and you, you know, you've rallied all these people saying, I'm not going to let, you know, all these horrible things continue to happen. Mm-hmm. We are not, we are not going to do this. And it's like obvious that you could go the other way with this. Right, right, right. You get there and you finally kill him. You kill your brother. And you are immediately contacted by a demon. Whoa. This demon says, I'm coming to fuck you up. The hell? I'm going to be here on this day, on this hour. And your brother, right before you killed him, he said, you don't know. You don't understand what I'm up against. Mm -hmm. He's like, I only have so much time to get X thing done. But you'll find out. Take my place and you'll see. Mm-hmm. Now you have, in the second half of this game, you have to make the same choice as your brother made. Whoa. You have to either A, come up with the money to, you know, fund an army and get all these fucking things done to fight off this giant invasion of darkness. Mm-hmm. Or two, you have to break all these promises you've made to these people and put them through this back-breaking struggle of labor mm-hmm. to go and... Uh, to just build up your stockpile of money to have your army be equipped enough to fight off these forces, or you can die. Yeah, these yeah. it's just giant fucking demon army. Imagine the Legion from fucking World of Warcraft or something mm. like that. That they just it, demons just come through the portal and annihilate everything in their path. Mm-hmm. And that is the main. I mean, your your folk. You go have you have to go back and look and see. Well, you know, okay, I see why he was doing this because it's cheaper and you get more product output from doing it this way. And I understand why he was working the farmers to the, you know, to death right. trying to get this thing. You know, I understand why he was not letting anybody take a spare penny. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, and you're like, oh man, my brother wasn't such a douchebag. He was actually trying to help build an armor to kill the fucking bad dude. Uh, yeah. He was, he, wow. he picked all the negative options. Because there was no, it was a fast stream. It was the fastest fast way track. to get fastest yeah. way to get everything in place. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I to tell you the truth, I've never played a fable. I knew nothing about any fable. Story, oh, they are typically that's, terrible. That's They're, pretty good. That was a it was a nice twist. That's pretty good. Nice twist. Moving on. Uh, I guess I could try out, uh, I'm going to save luck for you. Ha <laughs> Get it? Save Uh-oh. luck for you. How about... I'm trying to find one that we didn't talk about yet. Uh, oh, okay, I guess I could take... No. I don't see, uh... I see Kane from Command & Conquer. I'll let you take that one. I want to talk about a different Kane. Oh. Spoilers for Soul Reaver. Uh... 
I'll try my best not to spoil this stuff for you, but I imagine by the time you get to play it, you may forget. I hope. Okay. But there is a series of games out there, for those that don't know. It's the Legacy of Kane series. Now, typically people know it as Soul Reaver, but in actuality, there's Legacy of Kane 1 and 2. Legacy of Kane originally was followed up by Soul Reaver. Soul Reaver was kind of the next step in the process. Soul, uh, Legacy of Kane 2 was more, it was just, it was a side story for Kane after he was a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kane was telling his ascension up to be a vampire. And Soul Reaver starts off where Kane's pretty much not only just a vampire, but he's like an emperor type vampire. Yeah, he's like God Emperor. Right, almost. right, right. Now, some bad things he's done. He was, um, you, I guess you could say throughout Legacy of Kane, which I've only, I've only watched the story synopsis. I've only seen, uh, that there's a good, like, Soul Reaver movie out there that put, it puts all the story sequences from, from Legacy of Kane, Legacy of Kane 2, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, and Defiance, all in a row. It gives you basically the whole story. It's about three or four hours. So the only Legacy of Kane one stuff that I know is, is remember is from the that movie. Uh, he wasn't a horrible leader. He was more just like a dickish leader. He sought that power. He got the power. Became a vampire. Soul Reaver, however, he's already got deity. He's he's basically a deity to everybody else. And he has the he has this army of vampires underneath him. And every, the, all of these vampires are, they're evolving. I mean, it's a slow evolution. You could see it through Kane himself. I mean, he used to look like a human with pale skin and the black fingernails and the oh, so edgy. Oh, yeah. When you see him in Kane, I mean, he's got like almost scaly skin. He's got these claws. Uh, he's got kind of, his face is kind of craggy a little bit. Like he's evolving over time. Oh, yeah. He's gaining more power as he evolves. Well, Oh man, and there's so much. Man, there's so much. The, the generals that he has underneath him are turned. I'm not gonna tell you what they're turned from, but they're turned. And they as well, because they're now vampires in nature, they're evolving. Well, one in particular, and there's a reason why he is, evolves way faster than everybody else, to the point to where it makes Cain jealous. He shows up in Kane's court one day and he kneels down and Kane's like, mm, I don't like the look of this. And he makes him stand up and, uh, Raziel is his name. Raziel spreads these wings. Now, Kane was the first. Kane is the powerful one. Kane don't have wings. Kane's pissed off. Who the <laughs> fuck, who the fuck is this general? Who, who the fuck this motherfucker got wings? Who's this? general that i sired basically and he's overthrowing he's gonna have more power than me he's going man fuck this and he rips the fucking skeleton out of him and takes him to this pit of eternal pain and fire and suffering and throws him in well in the pit raziel gets saved after a thousand years of constant torment and pain and anguish and everything he gets saved by this quote-unquote god oh god it is from this point on. I'm not going to tell you much more story because it, it, there's so there's so much weaving all over the place with who's doing what and why they're doing it. You get the idea from the first game that Kane is the fucking bad guy. Now, in Raziel's perspective, given where he is at that present time, he is. You know, for for all yeah. you know, for He's all like, that you know, he up fucked to this, me up. Yeah. 
he he was a regular person. They got turned into a vampire. You find out actually who he was, why he was turned, what they made him do when he was turned, all this stuff. So he's already got that on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, plus the fact that he ripped my wings out and threw me through like a thousand years of agony and torment. Yeah, Kane's the bad dude. You get to the end of Soul Reaver 1, and Kane's like, bruh, you don't even fucking know. You have no idea the shit that's going on right here. You have three, four different people pulling your strings, and you think I'm the bad guy. I'm not. You follow me, and he, like, opens up this fucking time portal. You're like, when the fuck did time get involved? You you come with me, and maybe you'll find some answers. So then you go into Soul Reaver 2, and you're like, and then you, I think Mobius was also in Soul Reaver 1, but... Mobius is a big player in Soul Reaver 2, and he's doing all this shit with time. He's manipulating you from one end. Kane's manipulating you from another end. The god itself is manipulating you from another end. And it's always just, what in the fuck is going on? Who is the, who is the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Even when you play a game with Kane, you still have the idea that you have in your head that at the bottom pits of it all, he's got to be the bad guy. He's got to be. At the end of the day, at the end of the story, when it all ends out, it turns out that Cain was actually the good guy trying to overthrow the god, trying to kill the god because the god was out to kill everything and have omnipotent power and it wasn't really a god at all. It was just this fucking organism, this fucking parasite on the world. And Cain didn't That's kill some deep you. Shit. He made you. He was making you as a weapon. The only weapon that could kill this thing. And you, it, it's hard to summarize. It, I mean, you, it, it's hard to do it for a lot of these period. You know, like Luke of Blight. We could tell you how bad he is. But when you play this game, you have fleshed out moments in the game that make you go, Oh, oh God. Shit. Yeah. And then you have the moments to go, Oh, okay. I get it now. That's all this game is. This game is like, they, they, they tell Raziel all the time, like, you're being played. And then he'll go to somebody else. He goes, no, man, he was playing you. I'm the, this is what's going on. You talk to somebody else and they're like, man, did you not question why that dude was killed? Actually, I did. This is what's really happened. He gets played every angle. He gets to a point in the game where he's like, fuck it. I'm just doing what the fuck I want. If I want to kill you, I will. And it's, they're like, that's exactly what we want you to do. He's like, no! It's just, you never know what to think in this game. You never know where the story's leading you. And every time you think you got it figured out, they pull the rug out from under you. Damn. Uh, and it ends majestically. It ends very poetically. It ends very, very good as a story. And at the end, you find out Cain was not a good, not a bad guy at all. The main guy that did all this horrible shit, especially to Raziel, and Raziel is not the only one he did bad shit to. He's just bad shit to like a race of people. Was a good guy all along. What do you know? Who would have thought? Yeah. How about you take my breath away, Adam? Oh God. How about you take Luke from Sweet? You know, you got Sweet Coden three specifically listed here. Yeah. Okay. He was in it. All the first three games. Oh, all of the first three. Okay. Have fun with this one. Start from the beginning. All right. Well, not Sweet Code 1. I mean, start from Luke's beginning period. Because Luke spans some time, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Let me tell you some some of the bad things he did first. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
he is the villain of the third city coding game. Yep. He is going around inciting wars, stealing true runes, and his plan is to destroy a true rune. True runes, for those that don't know in the Sweet Coden lore, by the way, possible Sweet Codens for 1, 2, and 3. Yes. Sweet Codens' Coden, true runes are basically the embodiments of the balances of power in the world. Yes. You, know, you have one for water. You got one for fire. You got one. Just, just one think for, of all the things mm-hmm. and think of something that embodies the, in the, the balance of it all. Yes. If you possess one, you have the control of that balance, so to speak. Correct. So he has the true win rune. Mm-hmm. He wants to destroy it. Why does he want to destroy it, Adam? No. For lots of reasons. <laughs> Shut up, Michael. We'll get to it. So I love this he, story. He wants to destroy this true rune, and he needs several other true runes in order to get enough power to do it. Mm-hmm. And a giant ritual. Yep. Well, he goes through his political intrigue and does a lot of shady, shady stuff in order to get those objectives done Mm -hmm. you end up having to stop him but his story is actually really really sad you see he was created as a vassal by the uh kingdom of harmonia Mm -hmm. for a true rune yeah he has a he is nothing but a a host for this true rune it was his entire purpose in being created yeah he is essentially a weapon to be wielded by them Mm -hmm. and there are others out there like him there is one very prominent one um that uh is his you know essentially his brother yeah uh sarasai he's got the true earth rune and you actually see this in Sui Coden 2. He fights him on the battlefield. And mm-hmm. come, he goes out there, unleashes the true wind rune, and just jacks him up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> jacks up the entire army, actually. Mm-hmm. But this is a character that you've seen through, th- you know, the first two games. He was a party member. Yep. He was actually the very first boss in the Sui Coden series. Mm-hmm. And he was always kind of a dick. Yep. He was not... A huge dick, but he was kind of a dick. He was an asshole. Yeah, he was an asshole. You know? uh, just just to get some context, the first time you run into him in the first area, he he has this little little back and forth with with uh, this little dragon knight yes. that you have to go travel to this island with, and he's like the dragon knight's picking at him, and he's picking back at him. Oh yeah. Well, when you do the one little story thing. Luke is like, all right, I got a twin, I got a wind rune. I can just basically wind teleport y'all back to where y'all need to go. They tell he teleports everybody else, but when he goes to teleport the Dragon Knight dude, he teleports him where he's fall, he's up in the air and he falls on the ground. He's like, ow, damn it! So he's that kind of guy. <laughs> he, he he's not gonna kill you. He's just yeah. fucking with you. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's di- being directly overseen by this uh, the. The seer character of the Sweet Coden series, Leknot. Leknot. I'm sure. Okay, Leknot. Somebody's going to be like, it's actually Leknot. I don't know why I gave him the room. You got the pronunciation right. Oh, hi, Leknot. Oh, God. I did not get He's being watched by this overseer of the Tablets of Fate. And he goes, he goes and he's doing his thing. Well, 
this whole time he's having to deal with having this true wind rune, not being able to do it, being hunted. Yep. Uh, he's really not that close to anybody because he's kind of kind of got a personality that repels people, and he's really he wants to be self sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, he does he does step up and use the damn thing. If it's necessary. Yeah. yeah. There comes a situation in, in C-Cutting 2 where their backs are against the wall and everybody's about to fucking die. And he goes out there and goes, nah. Nah, we're not going to do it. And then they come back and say, well, can you do that again? And he goes, no, it makes me really tired. Yeah. I'm never going to do that again. Ever. Don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, the, the sad thing about this guy is that he, he's got, he's not a bad person. You know, he's just pushed to the brink, mm-hmm. and he eventually snaps, and he just can't handle it anymore. And the answer to his question was right there beside him the entire time. He had, he had finally found a a lady friend who, you know, was willing to do anything for him. And unfortunately, they both die mm-hmm. in the in the prologue. Yeah. But if you see. Sukun 3's epilogue chapter where you actually get to go as him and go around and and you you get to see the strife and the conflict in him and all the things that are going on mm-hmm. and you find out he was actually very conflicted the entire time mm-hmm. there were a lot of things that could have gone differently and he had to make a lot of tough decisions that he may have otherwise not made but that was ultimately his decision. There's been a lot. There's been a lot worse, meaner, angrier villains out there. Yeah, a lot worse and many several worse antagonists out there than him. Oh yeah, but he was, he was definitely the antagonist. He mm-hmm. went through. He instigated wars. He killed people. He, you know, he basically stripped people of their true runes, which is pretty. Is is pretty akin to rape, really. Yep. You know, he's just like, let me extract this thing that you know keeps you alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, A whole lot of things happened, Mm -hmm. and a whole lot of people suffered. And not to mention that when this room was destroyed, it would be like a nuclear bomb going off. Yep. And it would destroy an entire region of the world. Mm -hmm. And he was willing to do that just to get rid of this room. It's like, really cool in Sweet Code when you just run across people and you find out, you're like, you got a true room. Oh, yeah. you're not just a rune holder. You got a true, ooh, you are definitely tied to this story. Because directly. you instantly, the thing about a true rune is it makes the, the holder immortal. Yep. If it doesn't kill them. Yep. It's, a, <laughs> I, 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 feel, I feel like we could spoil the first like 10 minutes of Sweet Code if it would get people into the game. But you have, like, the main character, Tyr, or you can name whatever you want because you can pick a name, and he's got this friend that apparently has been friend with him since childhood, so you so you gather. And, yeah. But if I'm, I'm talking the first five, ten minutes of the game. You start seeing some shit that don't add up to a childhood friend. He lets slip out one time that he's, like, over 800 years old, and somebody stops in mid-sentence, and, he, and, and you're like, well, well, wait a minute. What was that 800 years thing? Wait a minute. And yep. then, like, a few minutes later, he's, he's having this battle, and he fucking unleashes this world-cracking magic. And you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> and then you find out what he has, who he is, what he's been through. And he has his own 
long developed story. Said this is what Sweet Coden is about. <laughs> oh yeah. So All yeah. Right. Who's next? How about we do the Enclave? The Enclave from Fallout Three. Fallout Three. Spoiler alert for Fallout Three. You've been warned. Uh, it's really Fallout 1, 2, and 3, but... I suppose, yeah. Since I they guess were it's all prominent in, in 3, because... But, yeah, yeah they've I mean, been around since... It comes one. to a head in 3. Right. The Enclave is a remnant of the United States government in the radioactive wasteland, and they are trying to bring order to the chaos. Yep. They're they trying go, to be America. What do you know? They go around... Uh, they typically go in guns blazing, and they take technology, they experiment, they do a lot of really, really shady things. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from their perspective, they're trying to put the world back together again, and they're really one of the only groups that's doing that. You have, like, the Brotherhood of Steel, which is uh, derived from the Army. Mm-hmm. Um the Brotherhood of Steel is concerned with gathering up technology mm-hmm. and subjugating people. Yeah. They're like, this technology doesn't belong in your hands. We we should take care of this. The Enclave is all about, let's get the world back to where it was supposed to be. Yeah. Now, there are a couple bad apples in the Enclave, just like there's a couple bad apples in Shinra. Mm-hmm. But there's not a... You can, you can kind of see the method to their madness. Yeah. They have like... And, one of the things in Fallout 3, they have a fake president that's a computer mm-hmm. and is basically designed to replace the president. He's like, you know, and he, he's a very comforting person, a very kind-hearted person, very logical person. Yep. He's like, well, let's get back to playing baseball. Let's mm-hmm. go back to being a a country again. Yeah. You know? Let's, let's do the things that make us Americans. Yeah. Let's be humans again. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the wastelands are full of raiders and cannibals and mutants and, you know, okay, sure, they, they unleashed the, the forced evolution virus, which completely, com- <laughs> it completely was, uh, it was all about killing everyone who had a mutated gene. Mm-hmm. Sure, they were going to put that in the water and, you know, kill off all the people that were mutated, but they're just trying to get the world back to the way it was. <laughs> yeah. That, you see, that you have one group of people that's trying to poison others just to make things better. It's you just, have Kefka, who, spoiler for Final Fantasy VI, poisons an entire fucking kingdom because... Just because... Because, because, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Can't sympathize with Kefka. You could, you could sympathize with the Enclave. Okay. A little. Going on an, 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 an America-centric, now this is, brace yourselves, uh, listeners, we're about to get real controversial, but there's a point behind it. You could argue that Makarov and Modern Warfare 2, you could argue that he's a sympathetic villain. Now, was he a terrorist? Yes. Was he a terrorist for his for his cause? Yes. 
Here's the thing. I'm an American. I cannot sympathize with Makarov. There may be people out there who'd be like, yes, this is what? Yes, this is good. I, I don't, I don't agree with it. <laughs> no. I cannot see him as a sympathetic anything. I see him as, uh, oh, he's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to die. Another American. You can be, you can be sympathetic and still realize that somebody needs to die. Yeah. Yeah. You know. If you take it above America and say Earth in general, you could make the argument that uh, Cerberus and the the elusive man, you could be sympathetic toward him. Yeah. Let me tell you about the elusive man. Let me tell you some bad shit that he's done. Uh, lots of murders. Lots, lots of murders. There's, there's been lots of backpedaling, lots of probably thievery, probably experimentation, experimentation, appropriation from all, all parts of the galaxy, uh, dominance, a show of force, uh, lots of treachery, what you would think, what you would arguably is treachery. But at the end of the day, when you really get down to it, and when he finally just says, look, this is the blank reason why I'm doing this, I am here for the prosperation. If that's a word, is that prosperity? No. The prosperity. No, somewhere, somewhere between I'm, prosperity and perspiration. I, that's when you sweat prosperity. I, that's what we should do as America. America. Sweat prosperity. When I am here for the, for the prosperity and the betterment of the human and the race. Betterment and the survival and everything forward thinking of the human human race now but see when he says that there's a gigantic asterisk Asterisk. and when you go all the way down to page 97 at the end of his contract it says and fuck everybody else everything else (laughs) i don't care if a planet has to go i don't care if babies on other planets have to go i don't care if a system has to be wiped out i don't care if another system has to starve i don't care if half the human race has to die to achieve this either if the entirety of human race is good i say okay now (laughs) here's here's the point where i really think you kind of you have to sympathize with the elusive man Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes clear. Spoilers from Mass Effect Three mm-hmm. becomes clear later on that he's become indoctrinated. Yeah, by the yeah. Rangers. That that is that is the actual um, point because he yeah. becomes indoctrinated, and as soon as he realizes that it's that's the case, and that he's not thinking clearly, and you know he's pro human yeah. above all else. Yeah, he wants humans to survive and thrive, mm-hmm. and. As soon as he realizes that he himself is a detriment to that cause, he kills himself. Yep. He knows. He's like, oh, yep, I'm done. Mm-hmm. No. No longer. Thank you, Shepard. And mm-hmm. kills himself. Yep. <clears throat> Thank you for pointing out. Thank you for showing me that I am the problem. That it, it, that is, that was actually a very awesome way to tie his bow. Yeah. Because you go through two solid games of going, you you've done a lot. You've done some fucked up shit, but I don't like. I what can't you've argue done. with your results. I can't. I like while neither condemning nor condoning, I'm doing these things because I fuck. I you know I kind of have to, and I don't know if I should trust you or like you at all. At the end, he goes, "You know what? I'm gonna do a solid." Yep. And you're like, cool. Now it really was because you know 
he knew that given his power and everything, with his ability to be indoctrinated, that would have been the end game. He has control of a lot of very important things. Yep. So for and once he realized that you know the entire reason he's been trying to stop Shepard was because he was working for the Reapers, mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh no, nope, oh man, <laughs> oh man, how did I fall so far?" <laughs> I challenge you up here, Adam. I see on this list. I see on this list you have Doctor Robotnik. That's fucking right. No. Doctor Doctor Robot enslaved Eminals. Cute Eminals. Doctor Robotnik was trying to make all the little animals immortal. By m- there are ocean there are oceans of oil in this planet. There's no way those animals would survive without becoming robots. <laughs> I challenge you, Adam. You you ever seen the way fucking Sonic's world looks? It's half robotic already. I all I, he's doing is making sure they live. I have cute little rabbit pets. Yeah, and you're telling me that I should take my little bunnies and, and turn make them, into, them into cyborg rabbit. That's right. Robots. That's what you have and to I'm, do. That's a good thing. Have you ever seen Star Fox? Yes, I have. They got Cybertronic rabbits in they Star Fox. They certainly do. Yes, that's Peppy, right. Okay, Peppy, yeah, so they all have it. If a glove don't fit, must have quit. Robotnik. He enslaved little animals to turn them into robots, and you He's, say that's. Cool. I'm saying that Sonic is going around killing those animals after they get turned into fucking robots. Technically, he killed the robot enemies to free the little animals. Uh huh. Yeah. See. Sure. Know your Sonic lore. Sure. I'm just saying I, there's an ocean of oil on this planet. There's in all kinds of smog and stuff, and you know here's he's the just, real reason. He's why. just trying to make sure that those animals survive. Here's the real reason why. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna break this down. Oh, here's the real reason why you got to be sympathetic with Robotnik. Robotnik is not. He doesn't. His origin of evil is not because he wants to make animals into robots. His origin of evil is because, and this has been proven by science, he is actually faster than Sonic. Now, let me ask you, Adam. How would you feel if you were the best donut baker in the entire world, but because Johnny Bionic over here with his cool haircut and his his cool fitting jeans and his stellar leather jacket, his rad attitude... Who makes donuts worse than you gets the more attention. Wouldn't that piss you off? Yes, it would. Thank you for nodding your head. I'm just dumbfounded by that analogy. <laughs> Dr. Robotnik. I imagine this dude in a leather jacket making donuts, and I'm like, what the fuck am I thinking of Do- right now? Dr. Robotnik is only angry and evil because, why is this Sonic getting all the attention, and I'm clearly faster? It pisses him off, and it makes him just do maniacal No, he's things. like, I've got to save the animals from Sonic before he kills them. <laughs> Sonic, who shits while he runs. So I, I clearly see why you put him on this list. That's yes, we correct. sympathize robotic. We all, we all know that pain, buddy. Oh, yeah. You want to take another one? Okay. See, uh, Which one are we doing? I'll tell you what. I want to save uh, one. One of these I want to save for last. Let's do, uh, it looks like we can actually do, t- you know what? I'd like you to take, uh, Arthas and Garrosh. Oh, really? Yes. I'd like you to take them because, number one, I don't know. I don't rem- I ha- I do remember 
uh, okay. uh, War, Warcraft three. Yeah, but I, you have more experience and more okay. flavor. You can give good, oh, so many good stories and reasons why both of those characters okay. are, you know, sympathetic. Villains. All right, well, I guess we'll start with Arthas then. Spoilers for Warcraft. Sure. In general, Warcraft, yeah. World of Warcraft. Yeah, Warcraft, Warcraft three. three and War. I, was Arthas in Warcraft one or two? I can't remember. I don't, I don't know. think so. I, I think this is more for Warcraft three and the World expansion, of and for all the expansions of World of Warcraft. You know? So, Arthas was a paladin. Mm-hmm. Okay, he a was a good guy. He was a good guy, and then he got corrupted by the uh, the Frostborn, and he turned into the Lich King, you and he went drop around fucking me bullshit right now. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just you, doing what you, I do. You donut making son of a bitch. What is the fucking fascination with donuts today? Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, you know, he goes around as a Lich King making undead slaves. He's a pretty bad dude, you'd say. But I challenge you to this. He was fighting for the correct side in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was all him that became the Lich King. You know, sure, he had his moments where he was a kind of a douchebag, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Stratholm was one of the bigger moments where the um, the undead had basically poisoned grain and they sent it out to the all the different areas and people ate the grain and then they became undead. Mm-hmm. Well, he got there, and it was too late. The grain had already been distributed, and people were eating it and becoming zombies, and it was chaos in the city. And he basically turned around and said, we got to kill all these motherfuckers. Yeah. And his, you know, the guy that was with him was like, oh, we don't know if we got to kill everybody. He's yeah, like, he no, said, no, we, don't we know. got to kill every last one of these motherfuckers. Don't know to, we don't know who We don't know who grain. ate it and just hasn't turned yet. We don't, we don't know any We don't have the time and resources to go research all we don't, this. Shit's we, getting worse. Getting we have hand. got to finish this now and Wipe move it all on. out. And he went in there and they called it the culling of Stratholm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge deal. Huge deal. And that was before he got the hammer. Yeah. There were a lot of little situations where this guy, you know, he he wasn't completely a bad apple until he got a hold of Frostmourne. Mm-hmm. And once he got Frostmourne, there was this giant shift in his personality. Mm-hmm. But, spoilers for World of Warcraft, when you defeat him, one of the things that can drop off his body other than the invincible reins which i have which are awesome um, <laughs> brag, 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 brag. Brag, brag, brag. um one of the things that can you can get i think you have to complete a quest and killing arthas is the last step of that quest is jaina's locket now jaina was arthas's you know girlfriend in this whole thing mm-hmm. um it's significant because you bring this locket to Jaina after you get it, mm-hmm. and she fucking breaks down like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you know he he still had this locket. Why that's, would that's, why would the Lich King yes. still have this locket I on agree. him? I see your point now. That shows another. That's a, that's an example of how he must have had some of some old Arthas, some small old good power. Some Arthas. small part of him was still fighting it. Yeah, even until the end. Mm-hmm. And. It was at that moment that you realized that, oh man, maybe he wasn't, maybe, 
maybe there was still a little bit of light trying struggling to get out that just couldn't win yeah you know you have all these you have all these stories of guys you know they they overcome their darkness like like the elusive man where he's just like he has that moment of clarity well arthas never got that chance yeah it was too strong for him mm-hmm. luke Arth- blight bad all the way to the end yeah to the last well, minute i mean he wasn't under anything else's power yeah though. true true i get your point the uh the elusive man was being controlled by the reapers arthas was being controlled by frostmourne mm-hmm. but it was it was a he never really got that moment to break free yeah if that makes sense yeah you fought him and it was you're killing the lich king yeah you it kill was. you killed the lich king and by default you killed arthas mm-hmm. so can I sympathize? Yes. Yeah. I don't think he was completely in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, another one is Garrosh. Okay. Little, little backstory on Garrosh. Garrosh is the, Garrosh is the son of Grom. Mm-hmm. Okay. He grew up thinking his dad was a shitbag mm-hmm. and that Grom was not the hero that he was. Grom drank the fucking, uh, he drank the blood of Mal, I think it was Malgas. What was it? Malgas. Anyway, he, he drank, oh, he drank the blood of Manoroth. Right. And, um, he became, uh, that's how the orcs started turn, turning green. Everybody, mm-hmm. all the orcs fucking took the oath and they became slaves of Gul'dan mm-hmm. and Manoroth. Mm-hmm. And, um, so basically they were working for the Legion. Well, Grom, being another one of those people, overcame his enslavement and eventually fought for the side of good mm-hmm. and died fighting for the side of good. Well, Thrall finds uh, Garrosh, still untouched, untainted, and tells him about his father and that his father was a hero and that he needed to, you know, live up to be a warrior like his father you know like his father mm-hmm. and he takes him under his wing and you know, is basically you know mentoring him and garrosh fights in all these campaigns against the lich king against you know against the legion mm-hmm. against all these enemies yep and he the entire time he's just trying to become better trying to become better well Deathwing comes um and essentially Thrall decides, eh, fuck it. I'm not going to be war chief anymore. Guess I'll become shaman and go around chilling out with the earth spirits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he goes, um, who's going to lead the horde? Oh, well, I mean, you know, Garrosh has the name recognition. You know, Hellscream is like a big name in the horde, so I guess you can do it. Mm-hmm. And Garrosh goes, oh, fuck no. <laughs> oh, but no, <laughs> I can't handle this shit. Give it somebody else. Mm-hmm. And every other person at that meeting goes, nah, man. Oh, uh, come on, man. Seriously. They, he's it. just a kid. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, he gives it to Garrosh. He says, you got this, Garrosh. Their spirits tell me it's good. And he just, <laughs> he just bebop and adopts his ass out that fucking tent and just tosses him the keys to the fucking horde. Mm-hmm. Well, Garrosh, unfortunately... Was gets not, fucked. Not that good of a leader. What's he? He's not he. It wasn't that he wasn't that good of a leader. It's that he he made bad decisions. Well, it's not so much bad. He had a couple of bad decisions that he made. Mm-hmm. But the main thing was that a couple of people betrayed him, 
and caused him to become extremely racist. Mm-hmm. The Torrens betrayed him. The uh, the elves betrayed him. He was basically like, no, you know what? Fuck all these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think any of these guys are really trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, the goblins are kind of okay. They make little fucking inventions and stuff, but I'm, I think it's mostly the orcs that I trust. Yeah. So basically every other race, he was like, uh, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Volgen straight up told him, you know, that they weren't friends. That he, he did not trust him. That fuck you. You know, and he, he made it a point to kill the shit out of as many alliance troops as he could. Mm-hmm. So. That being it's what it is, you know, and all the war crimes he and atrocities he he inflicted, both the horde and you know the alliance, eventually came to his doorstep. Mm-hmm. He went through and he he found a, an ancient power in Pandaria and decided he wasn't going to kill it; he was going to feed it and use it for power. <laughs> so. He rolls up in there, and you end up having he he was actually one of the bosses of the campaign. Hmm. So he he rolls in there and completely just he he's one of the most memorable fights I can remember mm-hmm. because you fight him and he's like, "You did this to me," blah 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 blah. I'm gonna rah. he's like, "I everything I do is for the horde." Mm-hmm. And you beat him, you fight him, and you, he's like, this is my vision. And you see all the leaders of the horde rebels and the fucking alliance impaled on spikes in a burning fucking, uh, Whoa. burning storm wind. And this is where you're fighting him. Right. And you're like, rah. Mm-hmm. You finally beat him. And Thrall immediately goes to kill him. Thrall's like, yep, I'm going to kill him. Well, the Alliance King says, no, he's going to have a trial, mm-hmm. or I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And the, the head of the Pandarians goes, no, we'll, we'll decide his fate, because he fucked our fucking place up. Yeah. He didn't fuck y'all's place up. He fucked our place up. Mm-hmm. Our land is, like, completely blighted now. Yeah. Well, there was a, a dragon, a young drake, that decided he was going to fuck around and take... Garrosh and and back in time to look at some shit. Well, he takes him to an alternate version of Draenor, mm-hmm. and <laughs> immediately it, upon getting free, Garrosh kills said uh, said uh, Drake. Just mm-hmm. immediately kills him, mm-hmm. and then goes to meet his dad, who's alive in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Then he arms his dad with all the knowledge of all the shit that's about to go down. And alters the timeline completely. Oh, shit. Well, afterwards, you catch up to him, and Thrall catches up to him, and challenges him to, I think it's Makraga. Makraga? Yeah, something like that. I know that, yeah. It's a duel. It's an honor. Trial by physical combat. Trial by physical combat. You you got to see it in the Warcraft movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's basically, each person gets a weapon. No crazy magic fucking tricks. Y'all fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Using magic is dishonorable. Yeah. Let me repeat that. Using magic is dishonorable. Mm-hmm. Well, Garrosh is a badass warrior who beats people down with an axe. Mm-hmm. Thrall used to be a warrior, but now he's a shaman mm-hmm. who relies on power, magical power. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Garrosh is beating the holy dog shit breaks off of Thrall. <laughs> Just beating his ass until Thrall decides he's going to use his magic and kill him. Not good. Yeah, well, Thrall loses all his power for that. Yeah. But from beginning to end, this guy's life was just getting fucked. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, well, wretched existence. Okay, I'm trying to do something honorable. Okay, well, I get thrust into a position where I have no choice. And then I'm going to make a couple bad decisions because I'm inexperienced. Mm -hmm. And I'm angry and I'm young. And I already already had anger problems before this. And they put me in charge for whatever reason. So I'm going to do the best I can. Yep. And he says... I everything I did, I did for the horde. Mm-hmm. You did this to me. Mm-hmm. This is your fault. And Thrall goes, "No, it's yours." And he kills him. Wow! What a dick! Fuck Thrall! Wow! What a dick! Garrosh, wow. Garrosh is my war war chief. Hashtag Garrosh is, is my, my war chief. chief. Heard, man. Right? Killed him in the end. He just kills him. Just kills him, and he's like, "Yep, well, you know, you don't get to you don't get to have a trial, you don't get to state your case, you know, just fuck you." Jeez. Yeah. Definitely belongs on a list of, of tragic people. Yeah. Of sympathetic villains. <laughs> what about? Uh, looks like we only got a couple left. Did we? Uh, we talked about Ramses, didn't we? You know what about? Uh, huh. On this on this line, what about uh, every time I see Ramses, I'm thinking of Ramses. I'm thinking of Final Fantasy Tactics. Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> okay. Well, how about uh, how about Delita? Yeah, Delita. You want to talk about Delita? I'll let you talk about Delita. Okay. Well, Delita, your best friend. Oh, spoiler for Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Your best friend in Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Tragic as hell. He goes, he, the bad stuff he does is he kills a fuck ton of people. Yeah. A fuck ton of people. A fuck ton of innocent people. Mm-hmm. He, he betrays everyone he knows to gain power. Mm-hmm. The sympathetic side of that is he watched the noble class use his family like pawns. Use his friends like pawns. Mm-hmm. Use everyone around him in their lives, just throwing them away for whatever reason, you know, just to just to satisfy their own political machinations. Mm-hmm. Well, he turns around and he becomes the thing that he hated. Yep. I don't think he realized it until the very end. Yeah. Well, he he got way 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 in over his head. He he ended up. Ascending through the church and becoming, you know, a double agent mm-hmm. and doing a lot of dirty deeds. Yep. But in the end, he became what it was that he, he was fighting against. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about, you can see where he went. Okay. Well, I'm trying to avenge my sister. I'm trying to become a better man. I'm trying to become real power and have real ability to affect change. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, goes to his head and he's like well i can just do whatever the fuck i want and i make this turn out however i want it to mm-hmm. and i'm kind of seeing how to play this game so let me just take advantage of this okay let me fuck my friend over okay let me i have to do that so i can do this and, and he eventually becomes the exact same thing he was fighting against he becomes that person that 
takes an innocent life and just kills them out of convenience, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to killing them for a reason. Yep. Megas from Chrono Trigger, here I go. Oh, God. Here Here I go. go. So you wind up in a time era for Chrono Trigger. Spoiler alert. You've been warned. Uh, You get to an era, 600 AD, and right when you pop in, you see this. You you don't really see stuff about this. Maybe maybe if you talk to other NPCs in other towns, you may have heard the name. But when you get to 600 AD, you immediately start seeing things about this this person named Magus. You see different words thrown around like uh, magician, sorcerer. Uh, people worship him. Yeah. These monsters worship him. There's a there's a there statues there's of a him. There's a statue shit. of him. He's apparently uh, he, he's a he's apparently very prominent. Six hundred A.D. You hear about him. Takes you a little bit to finally see him. Uh, you you, you find these different clues through talking to people. You're you're, you're getting an idea that. A lot of the bad things going on in this era are tied to him. I mean, it basically comes down to NPCs roughly telling you, this is a bad guy. Yeah. Beware. Watch out. This um, is a bad mofo. You hear things like, uh, in the future, going down the line, the timeline, you find, you, you hear people saying things like, oh, well, you know, Megas summoned Lavos. You know, Lavos, the thing that destroyed this planet and scorched it and changed it to the shit pile it is. Yeah. yeah that's because Megas did that. And you're like, oh, shit, this guy is not just powerful. He's fucked some shit up. And you meet the guy, finally. Like, he's, he he has done some shit that you did see, story-wise. You saw where he uh fucking killed a very prominent knight in the uh, Guardian Kingdom. Yes, yeah. you you saw where he changed. Uh, he he took his basically that guy that night squire and changed him into a frog. Well, what do you know? That's a character. Yeah. Uh, he got the he he participated in the machinations that got the mass immune split in half. Like you've seen some stuff, so he's done some bad shit. Yeah. Then you meet him, and he's like, "You guys are right on time." You're right on time because I'm about to do. I'm about to get Lavos here, and you're like, "This is where he summons Lavos. He's the reason why all this bad shit happens." You fight him and everything. You get sent back to the past even further, and you find you 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 start seeing this other character. It's got a cloak on. You can see some blue hair, but you, you're not really putting the pieces together. This is your first time playing. Mm-hmm. Um. You're seeing this empire called Zeal, and you keep seeing this shadowy figure around. It seems like it's he's feeding information to the to the queen at the time, mm-hmm. and just just all these little pieces keep coming together. And finally, it pops up that that's Megas. Well, wait a minute, how the fuck did he get here? We can travel time. How's he traveling time? Come to find out, when you get to Zeal, you you see these uh you see these two young siblings you see an older girl her name is Shala she looks like an older teenager and you see this little boy his name's Janice he's always got this little blue cat following around uh purple cat Alphador uh, Alphador yeah and you find out that what happened was whenever Lavos finally sparked the energy in that time period uh. The queen was starting to take the power. Uh, something happened. Something. Oh, I'm sure Adam can tell you all of what happened because he loves Chrono Cross. But something happened to Shala. That was the sister. Oh, God. Janice. 
got swept up in the time porter and just got shit out in 600 AD. When he landed, he landed right in front of Ozzy. Ozzy was one of the bad villains, one of the magician villains of uh, Colonel Trigger. Mm -hmm. So Ozzy basically raised him up and taught him all this bad energies. But, and I'll let Adam take this part over, Magus wasn't a bad guy at all. Nope. No. Magus was just a little boy trying to protect his sister. Yep. But, but Adam, but they told you in the game, he summoned Lavos. He didn't summon Lavos. Lavos fell to Earth in 65 million BC. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to open up a portal to Lavos so he could fucking kill him. Yep. <clears throat> His soul and he... His sole intent was to solo Lavos. Yep. Because in his eyes, from what happened in his timeline, whenever he was an actual boy, when Lavos showed up, when Lavos was actually, like, awakened for, like, I guess the fourth time or whatever, it made it made his family split. Number one, that power had seeped into his mom and corrupted his mom. He said at one point to Shala, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but this is not my mom. Like, that's my mom, but she's not our mom. Uh, made something happen to his sister. He don't know because he got whisked away to another time period. So all he's ever been trying to do is summon Lavos to kill him. Yep. Not to destroy the world. He's not some some psycho. Yeah. He just wants to kill Lavos. Yep. And he's like Lavos and, fucked and my and entire fucking my family life. up. Yep. Fuck my life up, and it's gotta die. But again, this just goes to the a wonderful masterpiece of what Chrono Trigger is. When it goes through its its storytelling and plot development, when it which slowly but surely just builds up this rising dread, this rising uh, power from Magus, it's awesome. And then when you go to fight him, it's like, especially if you have Frog there, I'm, I think you have to have Frog there. If if not, you should. Yeah. But it's like, there's the motherfucker. And he's like, hey boys. I got all kind of power. Bring it on. The way as you're walking up, the candles light up and the music starts playing with the slow violin. And then it, that's another oh, thing. I don't he, know if a lot of people notice that. Flips that cape to the side. Oh, mm. I don't know if everybody notices that, but his theme is very similar to Shalas. Very similar to Shala's. And it's, Shala's is very similar to Zeal's. This is where Nubo Uematsu takes... This is where he's key. Because he has a theme for Shala. And he says, okay, let's take that. Let's darken it a little bit. Let's add a little bit of corruption to it. Because now he's not the innocent little ding, 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 ding. He's not that anymore. He's been corrupted and tainted by Ozzy, so to speak. He's now a little dark magician. Let's twist it just a little bit. And you hear it in those themes side by side. Mm -hmm. oh, just another reason why this game you can is hear so that. good. You can hear the dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh man, you can hear that in Shala's thing. Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. Done so well. So yes, Magus is definitely a pretty pretty sure whenever you get all the way through this game and you it's not that hard to grasp. They don't they don't loosely tie this stuff together. You 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 see the scene where Lavos comes awake and you see Janus getting thrown back in the past and he winds up in front of Ozzy 
You know, you see as soon as he gets the chance, he's like, there's Lavos. Here's that blade. Uh, and he tries to kill him. You know, you, all this stuff is fleshed out for you. You'll understand when you get toward the end of that game. Yeah, Magus is not a bad guy. You also have the option to fight him later when you go to recruit him. And you do have the option to kill him or not. Okay. I would suggest you don't. <laughs> when he asks you, do you want to go? You should say no. No. Because you can get him in your party. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's very cool to have him in your party. Especially uh, when he, he talks shit to Chrono after you revive him. <laughs> he His lines, whenever you just have him around, he'll say stuff like, can we just save this shit for later? Or what? Or, <laughs> Can we not do this right now? Because all he's thinking about is getting to Lavos or, you know, going to find his sister. Mm-hmm. He don't he, care. He don't care about this fucking. Chrono dream. gets resurrected and you go back and talk to all the party members and they're like, Oh man, we're just, I can't believe you did that. And I'm, I'm so sad. I'm so glad you're back. And it made me so sad and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you got whacked because you're weak. Oh, <laughs> yep. Yep. He put <laughs> you in your place. <laughs> well, last but not least for this list. For tonight's podcast, let's talk about, well, I say let's, I'm going to let Adam take this one again. Let's talk about Big Boss. Oh, God. From Metal Gear. You give me Xeno Gears and Metal Gear, I'm you sorry. bastard. I'm sorry. Let, I got to explain let, both of them in let, one night. Let me add, Jesus. Because you're doing, you do storytelling so well on these fronts. Oh, God. I will tell you this. As much as we have repeatedly said that Metal Gear Solids, particularly the Metal Gear, anything directly Kojima related does get very like odd and out there and twisted and just like, what the fuck that is, is going on? That is putting it lightly. Yeah. Big, big, big boss's story, uh, is actually pretty well done. Yeah. If it's told properly, it's, it's, it's very well okay. done. So Big Boss has a terrorist organization. This is bad stuff. And he, you know, you have to go in there and break up his terrorist organization because they've got nukes and they're threatening to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go in there and you stop him and you fuck him up and keep him. And you win the day. Yeah. You ride so off in nothing a sympathetic whatsoever. Goodbye. While, while you're riding off in a snowmobile. Yep. Good night. Now, the... I'm Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. So, uh... So, so, uh, they had, uh, you go back and you're looking at, what is it called? Looking at Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. This is where the beginning of Big Boss's story gets told. Mm -hmm. He goes on a mission and his boss, his, the, the boss. The boss. Is a double agent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she is working with this Russian colonel and she's trying to, you know, do, you know, she's basically trying to infiltrate this, this organization, stop them from doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this son of a bitch fires off a nuke. Well, now they need a head to roll. So you're sent in there to kill your boss. Yep. So you go in there and you find out all this. You find out that she was completely, she wasn't actually working with this guy. She was double agent the whole time and she couldn't come back because they needed somebody to blame for the incident. And basically you have to kill her to make this right. 
Yep. And he's like, that's some bullshit. And she's like, suck it up and do your fucking job. You're yeah. a soldier. You have to. Soldier up, do it. And he doesn't that, want to. That deeply moves two people. Yes. Okay. It deeply moves Zero, who is the the colonel type character you have in that game, who's your support, mm-hmm. your mission support. Yep. And it also deeply moves the, you know, big boss. Yeah. Well, they take two different paths in life. One creates the Patriots. He takes the philosopher's legacy, which is a giant pile of money, mm-hmm. and creates the Patriots. And the other tries to fucking stop him. Yep. And that's Big Boss. Big now, Boss's organization was entirely dedicated to A, providing a home for soldiers, and B, stopping their bullshit. Yep. <clears throat> so, as time went on, they became, you know, more and more entrenched in each other and they had just different philosophies on how these yeah what the will of the boss was going to be Mm -hmm. they both wanted to create the boss's perfect world but they both went in different ways of doing it yeah and their fight drew a lot of extra people in Mm -hmm. fucked up a lot of lives oh yeah um it doesn't actually conclude until the last or metal gear solid four yeah Four is when it finally wraps it up. It finally it finally wraps five up. Five is just a prequel. Yeah, five is just a <laughs> Jesus. Five is a prequel which what explains a, prequel. a lot. Um, <laughs> but so you you find out that he was doing all this for the right purposes the entire time. Yep. He was just trying to make things as best you could, and you actually got to play both sides of the field because you play Solid Snake. Mm-hmm. The protagonist, yeah. quotation marks, mm-hmm. of Metal Gear. But you're really fighting against the protagonist, which is Big Boss. Yep. So really, Solid Snake is the bad guy. So Solid Snake is his own dad. Solid Snake fucked his own self, which is his own dad. His self. And became... his dad's dick dad. And he cut his arm off and sewed it on to Liquid Snake. And he became Liquid Snake, who then got his arm cut off and turned into... He fucked his severed arm and then liquided it inside his own severed arm. And became the big boss. (laughs) (laughs) And if if you're driving right now, listen to this podcast. Hopefully you're not And you hear that. And you get that look at your stereo like, what the fuck? That's what it's like. Playing Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 2, 3, 4 onward. <laughs> that, that is the easiest way to comprehend it. I'm sorry. I understand we're playing a video game. I understand that our our suspension of disbelief has to be bent and skewed to play video games sometimes. I, I get that. There aren't Reapers out in the real world. There aren't fucking Goombas. I get that. But when you have this real serious Metal Gear plot and it stops at a point where somebody got his arm cut off, but he took the severed arm of somebody else and basically stuck it on there. Well, they explain that. And it works. I can, I can get the, I can get the, maybe you put the, the nanomachines and it linked together, but no, the, but no. also the, the soul of the person that, no, this, the, no, you just didn't come, you don't understand it. I so know. You ready no, for me to tell? No, you want I'm me sure. to explain that to you? Sure. You want me to explain Spoil that to you? Metal Gear Solid, who the fuck knows which one? Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's basically the answer. All right. So 
He gets his arm, Ocelot gets his arm cut off and replaces it with liquid. Okay, yes. Okay. And he says that the nanomachines are taking him over. And he acts like the nanomachines are taking him over. Yes. That was a ruse yes. to fool the Patriots. I was being facetious. Yes, keep going. He was taking a combination of hypnosis and psychotherapy and all these other drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he it worked too good. Yeah. He convinced, He actually made himself crazy. Yeah. And he actually believed that he was becoming solid snake or liquid snake. <laughs> it's like the it's like the detective that that goes undercover and they go into the drug lord and then they become a drug lord become a drug lord (laughs) yeah it's a oh it's a tragic story (laughs) let's have the tragic story of ocelot (laughs) ocelot went crazy oh god it had a top it had a shirtless fight with uh (laughs) he did oh god he just he reenacted the shirtless fight on top of metal gear with fucking yeah too sweaty wow duking it out just duking it out just pounding, pounding it. it. Just, just pounding, just pounding it. it. Oh God! Just, just fucking just, severed hands. Just sweaty severed hands. Liquids, liquids, and solids. <laughs> brother, oh <God>. brother, <laughs> oh brother. Oh man! Can you dig it? Welcome. You see, they try to, to do the that. To time, they tried to do that in uh, Metal Gear Solid Two, where I, well, I think Fortune. Didn't she have a tragic story? Four Chan. Like, yes, Four Chan. No, Fortune was the was the girl with the fucking rail cannon. Oh she yeah, had that fucking machine. She walked around in a bikini a with the thing. Force yeah. field. Like, yeah. I cannot be. No one can kill me. What a tragic life. I was like, oh no. I, I live to fight, but I can only kill people. No one can kill me because I got this force field. How tragic. I guess. <laughs> What about Fat Man? There's a tragic guy. I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fat. I eat too much. Come at me, Fat Man. (laughs) Damn. There's Vamp. There's a tragic story. I'm a sexy vampire who who can lick my nipple while looking at the sky. (laughs) Oh, God. It gets worse. I'm the guy. It that, just keeps getting worse as time goes on. I'm the guy that pulls knives out and runs them across my body, and then licks the blade, and then puts it up my ass, and that's, well, I then I put it up your ass. And, <laughs> yes. And then back to my ass, and, and then Ryan, I lick it again. Brian's like, nah, I can't wait till I'm a badass ninja. Brian's like, I can't wait for my turn. Vamp's like, I remember that time you were walking naked into through that thing I saw you on camera. You were very sexy. Oh, God. Where did this go? Where did this go? We hope we, uh, hope we entertained you folks tonight with some... Maybe, maybe it gave you some second thoughts on some of these villains. Remember, Hopefully. Remember, ladies and gentlemen... Always eat your vegetables. Sephiroth did nothing wrong. That's right. <laughs> You can find us on our Facebook page. That's probably where you found this link at. We try to boost this every now and again, but honestly, it costs money to do that, folks. And we we, be, we ain't got no money. We be. I guess it's time to get a Patreon going. That's Adam. right. I guess it's we time have to get twenty thousand. That promise we said thirteen episodes ago. <laughs> we in it for the money, folks. Yep, we're all in it for the money. Uh, 
You can send us a message on the Facebook page. You can leave us a comment. Any any questions you have for us? Tell us some sympath. Tell us some villains that you consider th- sympathetic. If you plead the case, we will read it here on the podcast and we will debate. We will it. Adam will probably harshly re- rebuke it. Adam will. Adam will rudely and harshly debuke it. I will debuke it. I'll debuke it. Yeah, tell us some sympathetic villains you have. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some other ones out there we miss. We try to we try to cover some good ones tonight, some uh, some of the top tier ones. I mean, come on, we ranged all the way from fucking Sigma to Luca to the Reapers to Big Boss. You know, we, we fucking Doctor Robotnik. Doctor up that guy is so pissed off. Should be me. <laughs> all the spotlight should be on me. Mm-hmm. Sonic. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. The end of time cast has nobody's not been ever tweeted. found us. Yeah, on Twitter. Nobody's tweeted us yet. We've been. Here's the thing. We have been retweeted. What? There has been people that have seen our twits and then have retweeted. Wow. But nobody's twitting me. I wish somebody would twit me. That'd be so nice. Mm. Uh, we still got that that uh old school man. How we are so old now. It's like nobody uses email anymore for right? anything. Now, you remember what, what used to be that everybody used email, but nobody used snail mail? Yep. Now it's the other, now it's nobody uses email anymore. Nobody, yeah, they use instant messaging. Yep. Or they fucking don't. I, I still, I still wanted to make that, uh, P.O. box for us sometime, but I mean, we haven't had anybody say anything about sending us stuff. So, you know, if you guys yep. decide you want to start sending us something, you know, for a review or to play or to eat snacks or, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but. Nobody Man. sends us an email so far, so we don't know. So nobody loves us. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, end of end of time. Cast that's probably because you're all talking about vamps sticking knives up people's asses. No, I'm talking about it. fucking severed arms. Fucking severed arms. Attaching that's, to other shouldn't men. Shouldn't fuck the severed inside. arms. That's not. That's not what you do with the severed arm. Mm. That's what I do. That's what I would do too. End of time cast at gmail dot com. That's end of time cast at gmail dot com. No funny spelling needed. I think that's gonna do it for tonight, man. Oh man! You know, here, here, here's just some some behind the curtains for everybody. Uh-oh. We had told you back at episode ten we had the next ten episodes uh, planned out. We've only done one of those topics. We've like shat out these last two topics. <laughs> this <laughs> is like, just, man, we'll do this. This is this is actually kind of genuinely how this podcast even got started. It was just me and Adam just bullshitting. But now it's, and we've done that for years, just years on end of just talking about games for hours on end. Now it's to the point where we get, we talking. just record it now. Yeah. Well, now we'll be talking at about 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, you know what? Let's just make this an episode. Okay. I'm just going to push that whole schedule up one and we'll just make this the next episode. So we got plenty of content for you if you're willing to wait. We do have, we do plan on getting some guest casts in here eventually. Uh, more stuff on the way. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please spread the words. Share us out there. We'd love to get more people listening in. Uh, we understand, I know that there's like 7,000 podcasts out there for gaming, but they're not like us. They're not as good as me. They're nowhere near. You know you want my sexy voice playing through your ears. My sexy arm fucking can be. Oh God. Oh God. (laughs) This is, this is why we're not on iTunes. (laughs) This is, this is why that guy, Apple guy heard that shit and he was like, Oh God. He made it through about 20 minutes of the first episode and said, Oh no. He said, Oh, oh no. He like, Uh he threw his computer in the trash. He spilled his teeth and he was holding he, he his dick. Oh, no. It was like, you, you see the you see the trash can, then you see the computer inside the trash can, and then you see the match. And it's just, <laughs> oh. He's like sprinkling holy water and shit on it. 
Until next time, I'm Michael. And I'm Adam. Good night, everybody. Precious.